Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Welcome. Welcome to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, presented by United Dairy Farmers. <laughs> I am not Tom Brenneman. I am Jacob Tissett, and I'm happy to be in the host chair today, my last day here at Chatterbox Sports. As many of you know, I've been interning here for the, th for the summer in the heart of Hamilton, Ohio, beautiful town. And, uh, and it's my last day, so I'm, I'm glad to be in the host chair, taking you along this Friday. How are we guys? You I'm, good? I'm great. I'm so happy to see you up there, Jacob. I am so happy. I didn't, you, you told me that you don't want to host like two weeks ago. This, I, was like, I stand by that. I, I'm very nervous. It's your last, dude, you're killing it. Right, I mean, that is well. the best intro that we've had, bar <laughs> none. I'm just so happy you're up there. Well, I appreciate it, Reed. Elliot? Jacob, you know, you've been my guy since I started working here. You've been my confidant. Uh, when, I, when I think of Chatterbox, I think of Jacob Tissett. And there is no better man I would rather have up in that host chair than you right now. I'm feeling great. It's, there's a magic feeling in this room right now because you're in that host chair. I'm ready to roll, baby. Well, I appreciate that. How about you? Look, boys there was no other option than giving you that chair on your last day, Jacob. So congratulations, and uh, let's have a fun two hours. Because there ain't no guest, baby. It's just a bunch of dudes talking about sports for two hours. Casey? I have all the confidence in the world that we're going to have a really good show today. Just because you're up there, Jacob. Well, I think so, too. It should be a fun one. So let's get right into it. Uh, Reds were off yesterday, so it's kind of a slow day for the Cincinnati Reds. But we were not left with nothing to deal with. Joe Burrow went down with an apparent leg injury during practice. And uh, Paul seemed to make a joke out of it to the rest of the office. Terrible. But uh, we'll touch on that afterwards. Here's the clip. I can't watch. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. I can't watch that. It makes me <laughs> sick. It makes me sick. There was some guy on Twitter that decided to slow it down. And before, before, before the, before the uh, initial or the, the uh, aftermath of it just being a calf strain. He claimed that you could see his knee pop out of place, and uh, that, that, that was not very cool. Whoever did that, that was uh, – <laughs> that, that. Was it pro football doc? No, no. It was just some random guy who had like 100 likes on the video. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe people are falling for this right now. There was about a two- to three-hour window where I think Cincinnati collectively held their breath. I know when you came back, you were outside the office. When you came back in, you, you were pretty shooken up. Well, we, we kind of hinted at, at Paul's reaction to this whole yeah. thing. I called you because I was a puddle of myself. Yeah, I was distraught. I, I called you. I tried to call Casey. He didn't answer. So I, I was call distraught. you, and immediately the first thing I say is, how serious is it? And you go, I don't know. It, it's not good. And in the background, I hear Paul laughing, cackling, laughing at us. Cackling. Because I knew it was not a big deal. It's because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. He doesn't He's care. He's a Washington Commanders fan. He it's puts be, on this you know why? Mask. It's because I, I enjoy when everybody freaks out when nobody knows a thing. And like, that's why we're freaking out. Right. Dan like, Snyder's paying Paul off. Right. That's, that's a fact. Joe Burrow's calf literally holds the weight of an entire city. That's how much weight he's, that calf is holding. And it went down yesterday. I thought the season was over. Could you imagine the turmoil? Could you imagine the fan base? People would run, people would run through the streets tearing it apart if Trevor Simeon was starting on game one. I think, I think the city would burn. I was ready to civil war my leg. Just a, a fifth of whiskey biting down on a wooden stick, and let's take a saw blade to it. Elliot, I know you were just 
doing a shtick about being paid off by Dan Snyder, but no there's shtick. actually there, there's actually some small merit to this. Do you remember the team that hurt Joe Burrow initially? Oh my, oh my god. The field, the bad field. FedEx field. Is it time to blame Paul Fritschner? You know, it was Paul Fritschner. You know what was this? funny was uh when it when it happened oh, shoot, I just never mind. Never mind. I have no idea what I was about to say. Can't remember. I'll remember though. I remember. Well when it happened, Paul saw it. Mere seconds. I saw, yeah, I, I refreshed Twitter right as the first, like, it wasn't, you know how when you, you, you follow all these beat writers and everybody tweets the same thing because they're all down there at practice, so everybody tweets the same thing, and I refreshed it right as, like, whoever tweeted the very first thing, it came across the timeline, and, you know, it was, you know, Joe Burrow went down. I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't say anything. And then about two minutes later, it said he was getting carted off, and I was like, oh, okay, I didn't, still didn't really say anything because I was like, ah, it's probably no big deal, it's... It's a 100-degree day. He already had aggravated that leg. The practice field is like a mile away from the stadium. This is a nothing burger. And then the video came out, and I was like, well, okay, that doesn't look great. But, like, if you tear your Achilles, you are, you, you are dead. If you tear your Achilles, you are dead. He wasn't grabbing at his knee. He was grabbing at the back of a leg that was already covered. I was like, all right, this is a nothing burger. But I did, I did tell Jacob and Casey, because we were the only two in here, I was like, hey – Bro got cut it off, and I thought somebody shot their dog. And I was like, fellas, like, let's relax here. No, we don't know anything. Let's not freak out until we know something here. It's okay. No, it's not a big how deal. Do you, how do you tell somebody that their starting quarterback is injured before not the, the season? Not the starting quarterback. The prince that was promised. Someone how shooting do, my dog would be way better like, than Joe Burrow being out for a year. And I love correct. my dogs. And uh, so, I so, I was, so, so as it was going on, I was just, I was just sitting there thinking, okay, it's, it can't be – if it's an Achilles – I mean, you're 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 dead. You are dead. You're not sitting there, kind of like pointing at the back of your leg. Let me paint a picture, though, because the, he's not exactly describing the moment that transpired. Me and Jacob were having a great conversation about NFL quarterbacks, what they're gonna do. Why is uh, Trevor Lawrence at 96 on the top 100? And then all of a sudden, we hear Paul go, <laughs> "Joe Burrow getting carted off." I mean, what is that? What? This what is, is the that? first moment that we're... Well, and I think the funniest news. thing was everything I said in the first, like, 45 seconds. Jacob and Casey both said about 45 minutes later. And then I was like, fellas, I said this 45 minutes ago. And they were like, yeah, but you can't say that right in a minute. You can't say that right away. It's, about time it's, not, it's not time to overreact. I stand by that. I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I stand by that, too. Whatever. I wasn't worried. I was never worried. Never one ounce of my body was worried yesterday. Not one ounce. Well, speaking for the rest of the city, I think we were pretty worried. So that Diana Rossini tweet confirming that it was just a calf strain. Yeah. That was huge. Took a weight off everyone's shoulders. So it looks like it's going to be anywhere from three to six weeks, which would put him back still in time for, you know, some preseason action and definitely give him plenty of time to get fully healthy for week one. So a lot of hope there for the Bengals. Looks like the season's going to be okay. There was other big news yesterday at Bengals training camp. Trey Hendrickson with a year-long extension on his contract, moving $5 million of new money to this year and lowering his cap hit by $3 million. Coupling that with Joe Mixon's pay cut, we've gained about 11 to $12 million in cap space over the last week or so. What do you guys think we should do with that new money? Anything? Or is it just for internal contracts? Figure out a way to some revolutionary surgery to just rebolster every muscle in Joe Burrow's legs. <laughs> To make sure that this never happens again. Pump them up. Pump them up. Just keep injecting them with something new, and we'll be fine. I want if if we can if we can make them like some some robotics in his legs or something like that. <laughs> I never want to see Joe Burrow hit the ground again. No. Yeah. 
I would shut him down until the regular season starts. God, right? another off season though. Or, Gone. I mean, I'm not letting him do any contact drills or Brutal. anything like that with an injury. These a soft tissue injury this early in camp. I mean, like, what are we doing? I mean, this is the third one in a row now. He's gonna and after fourth, fourth, fourth. fourth. COVID's the COVID, first year, ACL, so he's learning. He's, he's learning. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. Injury, he's learning though. the playbook yes. at a house, his parents' house in Athens. Yes. He gets drafted from his parents' house in Athens. Year two, he's coming back from a torn up knee. Yeah. Year three, he has emergency appendectomy surgery. And now he's got this. Just one full training camp. Please. I'm, Please. I'm officially done asking for a full training camp or gloating that he's getting a full training camp finally in the month of June. Because Jen July rolls around this same week every year and he gets hurt or something else happens like an appendectomy. So you will not hear out of my mouth thankful for a Joe Burrow full offseason until we get to week one anymore. This is... Slightly off topic, but can't we please just admit jinxes exist? This was said <laughs> all offseason. No. No. Joe no, Burrow's finally going to get a full preseason. He's going to get a full training I mean, camp. So and, and look what happens. If look jinx, what happens. If jinxes exist, that would mean that someone higher being than human beings, so God, would have to come down. And why does God hate Cincinnati then? What did we do? Bo Jackson. What did we do? Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah. We took he his blessings. He and objectively we cheated. Spat in his face. In 1991, he got caught, right? Wasn't that the year? Pete Rose? Yeah. When did he cheat? What did he do that was cheating? What are you guys talking? Are you guys doing a shtick right now? Pete, Pete Rose got when caught he, for gambling. Gambling. Yeah, that's. But he was cheating because he was manipulating lineups. That's cheating. So he was he was cheating the the bookie, not the game. No, he was the cheating. The, he was cheating the sport as well. That's what that is. Is this a shtick? He's betting on the Reds. Yeah, but that's cheating because you're literally manipulating your lineup for your bets. To win. To win, which is what, which is what which the is manager what does every do anyway. day. How is that cheating? If he was betting against the Reds, because he's not be betting on, he's not betting on every single game. He's betting on select games. Right, the we're games he thought. Win, which means the other games he's just tanking. That's reverse cheating. Y yeah. Then you're, that means you're tanking. That's I guess, I, all right, I guess I'm in the wrong. That's, that's the op yeah. I guess I'm in the wrong. My bad. Pete Rose, stand-up guy. Pete Rose, not a cheater. <laughs> but not a cheater. Pete Rose, the Bad prince. guy, but Pete, not a cheater. Pete Rose, the prince that was promised. Oh, no. Oh, God. I, that hurt my, that hurt my this soul. Is the door, this is the door you guys opened up. No. You, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. All right. No. I'm not going to make any new points, but I am with you on that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to make – I was going to say everything you just said, but I am with you on that. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. I'm Jinx, back on Paul's side. Jinxes don't exist, guys. Jinxes do not exist. Jinxes exist. Jinxes exist. I do agree. I, I'm all in on jinxes. I, jinxes yeah. definitely Three exist. Three to two. Finally. Salt. Jinxes exist. Oh, Mr. Moe. Mr. Moe with the super chat. I only know the show with you on it, Jacob. Won't be the same without you. Was a pleasure. Well, Mr. Moe, I appreciate it. Even though I don't know what the Moe is for, but if it's for Moeller, yuck. <laughs> not, he's, he's from northern Ohio. He's a beaver. Oh, he's well, a beaver for a year. Wonderful. Bluffton? We, we love oh, the Bluffton yeah. Beavs. Bluffton. We love the Bluffton Beavs. Well, anyways, I think there's a bigger thing to talk about with the Joe Burrow injury, and that's practicing without a contract. We see these running backs holding out now with the franchise tag. They're not getting the money they want with these deals that they think is, you know, warranted by their production on the field. And we've had reporters asking players on the Bengals what their thoughts are on our practicing without being locked up long term. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of, it's a lot different for veterans when it comes to rookies. People like T. Higgins, Joe Burrow still in their rookie contracts. You have to be here for training camp to accrue that year of service time to get to an unrestricted free agent point. So it's not really a conversation for them to hold out. 
But when you get to guys, you know, like the running backs that are holding out, what do you guys think about the holdouts? Do you think that's beneficial to the players, beneficial to the teams, beneficial to the contract situations, or does that hurt them in the long run? I, the holdouts, listen, I, I'm, I love a good strike. I love a good strike. You know anything about me? The, the, the strikes work, but in the history of holdouts, have, have they worked? No. I mean, the in the NFL, the holdout, objectively, no. Right. The first big holdout was Le'Veon Bell, who was objectively the top running back in the league at the time, demanded top money, sat out, and then never started again. Right. So the, the, they don't work, but I, 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 sympathize, I sympathize with the movement there, right? Wanting to get paid. Wanting, you know, you're not going to do your services because you think that you're worth more than, than you're going to get paid. I, I love a good strike, but objectively, they have not worked to this right. point in NFL history. Right. Yeah, I agree with I agree I agree with Reed. I don't think I don't think there's been a strike in sports that have worked, right? I I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So yeah, I, I all the MLB strikes have. I well well individual player strikes. Okay, yeah. NFL NFLPA I feel like does a bad job. No, I agree. But then the question goes back to what Jim Irsay is saying: Can you really bend the rules for one position group? Because then the other 21 positions get mad. Running backs are the only position in the league whose production, the better it is, decreases their value. And the more carries you get, the more yards you get, the more touchdowns you score. Everyone just bangs the table saying you have too many miles on your tires and they don't want to re-sign you anymore. So presumably the running back franchise tag needs to have a different setup than the other positions, but I don't know how you can do that while keeping everyone else happy. Yeah, I don't know what the answer would be. I don't, I don't know what the answer would be, but it is clear that the, that the running back position is just getting shelled and... and, and NFL front offices. Saquon well, Barkley has to bang the table to get half a contract that correct. Cole Komet signs without breaking a sweat. I mean, there, there's definitely an issue. The, the, I mean, the problem is, you know, your, your, wor your value is your worth. And when you can get somebody off the scrap heap that does an admirable job, does, you know, 75% as well for one-fifth of the price... How can you not consistently do that? That's the problem. Right. I mean, it, we, we brought up the graphic when we were talking about Joe Mixon, the leading rusher in the Super, the highest paid leading rusher in the Super Bowl in the last decade is a wide receiver, Percy Harvin. Like, right. Running backs don't translate to winning anymore. It's, it, it's not that they don't, like, they're, they're valuable. Like, running backs obviously have a place in, a, in an NFL offense. The problem is, is there, there's so many that can do the job. There's just a surplus of talent and a very minute field of, of opportunities. Right. So you can just go get somebody that will do it cheaper. Yeah. And I would, I would also add, too, that it's so dependent on the rest of the team being decent, right? Like, you got to have at least solid O-line play. You got to at least hope that you have some decent passing attacks or you're not getting a stacked box to even perform well. So, I mean, it's all, they're already up against a, a tough battle. Like, they're already on an uphill battle. And then this on top of it, just I don't know, man. It, it's it's tough sledding for running backs. It's not a it's not a a good position to play as a, for your career as it currently stands. Um, and that's why we see a lot of receivers nowadays, right? right? I mean, that's that's what the kids want to play is receiver. They don't want to be the running back. They see what's going on right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it. And again, to go back to the holdouts. I don't think there's been one that's worked ever, 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 ever. Is there any solution? Is there any way to do it other than strictly messing with the contract structure for one position? I, I can't see a reasonable path to fixing the running back problem. 
As long as we keep churning out seventh-round picks like Isaiah Pacheco, who can slide into a Super Bowl-winning team, number one offense in the league, and not miss a beat and be a great running back, how can you value a running back you know, that's been in the league for four or five years? Well, I would. the only way I can see it happening is rookies signing smaller deals, like a one- to two-year deal with the team. Okay. That that's something to where then you just keep getting like well, that top get, dollar. If you're good, you get top dollar every other year. That that might be one way, but it's not a very good way. Again, that gets them to the second contract quicker, but it doesn't guarantee money, which I think they would be not in favor of because they want to make sure that they make their money. Like right. The other thing with that is you would have to shorten the contracts for every other position. Quarterbacks would then bang the table because their second contracts are also bigger that they should get that they should get those one to two year contracts as well. And then in that case, that's really you know throwing teams in the dumpster there because you know that window to win on a rookie contract for a quarterback is, is so nice at four years long when you can spend on the rest of the team. We saw it with the Eagles this year. It, it, would you change it for everyone? Would you just make rookie contracts shorter in general? I mean, I would not do it as a fan. Right. <laughs> as a fan, I wouldn't, but. Maybe that's what the players' union has got to got to talk about. I mean, I don't. There's no other. There's no other reasonable logic other than saying that running backs don't, you know, lose a step at 28, you know, right. or or 25 or whatever the number is. I don't know, man. I don't know if there is a solution. I mean, not, the, not the way things are right now. Yeah, of the leading rushers last year, most of them did not make the playoffs. I mean. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb right there off the top missed the playoffs. Those are your three best running backs in the league last year. Saquon Barkley, yeah, they eked in and beat a questionable Minnesota team in the first round and then got embarrassed in the second round. So the top running backs, they, they don't provide value to your team down the stretch like they used to. It's all about receivers in the passing game because then you can take the pressure out of the box and have, have even the, the common man running back be serviceable. Yeah, it just goes back to the points that I keep making. The reason that quarterbacks are valuable the reason that wide receivers are valuable is because that that position isn't watered down yet you right. find you find an elite wide receiver that is something you hold on to that is an edge you have over the rest of the league an elite running back the next edge to the next running back is 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 minuscule of right course. It, it's right. very it's very finite very small so that's why those those positions are just so much more valuable at this very moment that's why the Bengals are in such a great spot to continue success is because out of the har harder positions to find extreme talent, which is the quarterback, the wide receiver position, and then you could throw in cornerbacks and, and edge rushers, we've got two that are top top dollar. I mean, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, best in the league. Right. Best in the league right there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why it's so crucial that Joe Mixon took that pay cut. It puts him right in that window of uh, you know guaranteed money that ha has been able to allow teams to win a Super Bowl. I mean – Paying, paying a guy like Joe Mixon $10 million in his year 28 season, that's not going to cut it. We don't really have a chance. So him taking that pay cut to stay here this year and next is absolutely crucial for keeping this window open. And, wh and while we're talking about contracts and running backs, let's talk about how Joe Mixon actually had the perfect scenario to make a lot of money in this league at his position. He came up and played very well on a team that didn't have to divert money to other positions. They didn't have a quarterback that they had to pay a bunch of money. There really wasn't wide receivers that were getting uh, tackles, edge rushers, cornerbacks, all these positions that get paid top dollar. No, the, the marquee player of the team was Joe Mixon. So he came in in a situation that is almost unrivaled in this league to where he got his money, came up, got his money, got the second contract, and now he's getting to compete for championships 
in the twilight, or not the twilight, I mean, he's only 28 years old, but in right. the back end of his career on on still making pretty decent money for his position. The other thing that's been crucial for Joe Mixon is his carries and attempts have gone up every year. He came into a backfield with, you know, Giovanni Bernard around, and, and Jeremy Hill was even there for his first year, that, you know, drag doesn't make him be the lead back. Because a lot of guys point to, when they end their rookie contract, how many miles they have on their tires. And, and him being able to be kind of a scat back, third down option for those first two years makes that second contract a little easier to swallow. I guess that, that NFL running back situation is definitely interesting right now. Um, you know, Jim Irsay talking about not paying Jonathan Taylor, not offering Jonathan Taylor a second contract, but he, he's clearly the best player on that team. I, extending a running back has completely been thrown by the wayside. I, I don't really understand how running backs can continue to, can be expected to keep going out there and playing day in and day out at a high level when there's no job security for them in this league. I mean, anything you do that's a positive, the, the team not marks it as a negative when it's time to negotiate. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I, like you guys have said before, I, I don't think there's a way to change it. I, I think it's just the, the NFL has been on this path now for, I don't know, five, five to ten years where the running back's just being eliminated from the game. It's a passing league. Uh, the, the best teams in the league, you're going to score 34 or 40 points uh, on their best days, right? And a lot of that is not going to come from the running back. The running back is just a change of pace guy. Your You're Mike. 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 Are we going to sit in silence? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're good. I didn't even touch it. I literally don't touch <laughs> it. I mean, I literally don't touch it. I don't let, I don't even. Is it working? Yeah, yeah. it's working. I, the running back to me, the running back to me, it's just like, I, I don't think, I don't think, like, I remember my, my point has just been lost in this microphone. But the way the NFL has changed, there's no way to fix it. I think it sucks. But if you put a cap on it, if you put a minimum that you have to pay guys, every other position is going to want it, and no owner's going to no owner's going to pay it. Roger Roger Goodell will not allow it. So, as I mean, as a running back, I'd never practice without a contract. I mean, I think holdouts is the only way to do it. That's the only way to change things because you're not going to get a contract structure change without you know actually holding out and sticking it to your team. But you see guys like Saquon Barkley. Who, who, who just get their team to agree to just an extra $1 million and then they fold on the, on the holdout. I know holdouts don't work, but in the long term, do you think that could actually fix it? Unless it's a mass holdout. But it would have to be, yeah. A strike. Running back a strike. Running back strike. Yeah. But Elliot brings up a, a, a great point in the fact that, like, if, if they were to restructure, you know, the way that they do the salary caps and, you know, they, they make this special thing just to honor the, the legendary position of the running back and to make sure that they get paid – Every position's gonna want a base flooring for their position, and then yeah, there, there, there's no way that the the players association and the owners are ever gonna come to terms on anything of the sorts. Right. So, right, the the, the only leverage that running backs have at this very moment is to hold out, and it hasn't worked yet. It's gotta work eventually, right? I mean, if you keep you, you keep think. you, you would keep think. trying, you keep trying, but yeah, it's. And, and say that Le'Veon, like, how much money did Le'Veon Bell make from holding out? Did he make any? No, he, no. he four, four won his contract that year and then oh. signed with the Jets. And Golly. played a handful of games and was out of the league. He's one of the most talented backs. And then he it, revolutionized the running back position. He was yeah. one of the first receiving backs that was truly Did he dynamic. become a rapper? I think he became a boxer, then a rapper, or was okay. he a rapper, then a boxer? I don't know. Either way, it was a failure. That's the natural progression. His boxing for, matches were, or match matches, so funny. Casey, I'm gonna send them to you. They, they were hard they... to watch. Was he, was he the one that like just like came out like a bat out of hell? Yes. Like he would just. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, I'm he gonna, just I'm started swinging so fast. You know what's funny? 
if you look up Le'Veon Bell on uh, YouTube, you get boxing as a suggestion before you get football. Wow. That shows you the strength of a running back holdout. Jake, let me ask you. I hope every Jake, Steelers career ends like that. Jake, let me ask you this. Do you think we'll ever see a Frank Gore again? A guy who plays almost 20 years in the NFL, just a bull. He just He's just going to get you three yards every, every carry. Even towards the back end of his career, do you think we'll see that again? I mean, I don't think so, just because of the available the availability of young running backs. Yeah. I mean, the, the fifth, sixth, seventh round running back works at a level that's good enough that you can split the carries up with another mid-round running back every four or five years and never, you know, hitch your wagon to an aging guy like the Niners did with Frank Gore. I mean, he was there for, I mean, I feel like well over a decade. No team's going to have the same running back for a decade anymore. I mean, Joe Mixon's reaching, what is this, his seventh year? Year seven. Year seven. Loading. What? Year seven loading. Year seven loading. And the year seven, we're already talking about that being the twilight of his career, the end, you know, the end when we should start thinking about moving on. And that's 13 years from Frank Gore's retirement. Yeah. He would have to double it. And then some. Like, there, there's, no, there's no way that a running back lasts 20 years in the league to accrue those numbers. The only way I think it could be changed, and I just thought about this right now, is if you go to the Christian McCaffrey model – and that running back has the ability to run out in wide receiver sets. That's the only way I can think of that makes that position valuable. Because truly, to be a great running back in this league, you have to have that ability anyway. Right. You have to be a great receiver. It's, it's part of what makes Joe Mixon great. Half his yards are, are, are literally receiving. So uh, I, I think that would be the only fix. Because I do think the running back position is dead. It's not 1920. We're not wearing like leather helmets. right? It, it's just a different game. Everybody, it, the, the quarterback is the star. The receivers are the star. The running back isn't there. The running back gives quite literally the running backs there to give everybody else a break. Well, we've except seen, for the offensive. We've line. seen that sort of revolution just in the last couple of years. There was there was such a big period of time where running backs weren't even in the conversation to go in the first round, and then we had two go in the top fifteen last year with Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is more of a receiver anyway. Yeah. I mean, he 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 had almost you know six hundred receiving yards at Alabama last year. If you know anything about how that offense works, there's no running back split out. So he's catching everything out of the, out of the backfield. He's an amazing scat back, and the Lions took a chance on him at 10 or at 12. And, you know, Bijan Robinson goes seven, and people are talking about him as the second or third best fantasy running back this year before he even plays a snap in the league. And that's just because of them being split out. That provides so much value to a team that that's, that is the only way you can get a second contract anymore, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You I was going to say, you guys talk about Frank Gore. He's like third all-time rushing yards, right? Right. Like, just because he's played for so long. What is the comparison to a baseball player for Frank Gore? Never – like, Frank Gore was never great. He, right. was, he was just good for forever. For forever, yeah. Jamie Moyer. Frank Gore's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. I was, I All was right. Say, I Sabathia? Was, I was going to say Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is That's a good one. That's not bad. Adrian Beltre was never the, the best third baseman in the league, but was just really good for forever. Yeah, I mean, Frank Gore's going to get into the Hall of Fame strictly off of playing in the league for two decades and accruing the numbers that get him in the top five in basically every stat. Yeah, I think CC Sabathia is a great comparison there. Yeah. Do, you so, think there's, do you think there's value for Derrick Henry anymore? Um, I, he's a free agent after this season. His contract is up. Like, what do you think his number would be? Because I do think there are very few guys that make a significant impact on this league. Derrick Henry is one of them. I think Derrick Henry's raw power, the speed that guy possesses at 280 pounds or whatever he weighs – I do think that has value to a team like the Bengals, like, uh, I don't know, like the Chiefs, right, that have just significant offensive weapons. And then on top of that, you just get Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been saying I've been wrong. the price, right? Right. I've been wrong, but I've been saying it for about three to four years now. Derrick Henry cannot keep this up. No. It, he, he's too physical. The running backs that keep up the 2,000-yard production for so long are the Christian McCaffreys, the Austin Ecklers of the world, 
who are putting up, you know, 1,000 rushing yards and 900 receiving yards, Correct, yeah. not 1,800 rushing yards between the tackles. Say, I mean, not Saquon Barkley. Derrick Henry doesn't even go outside the tackles. He runs everything right up the gut because that's where, you know, his strength is. He's not that, he's not super fast. He's a great running back, but, and that'd be my answer to Brian B's question. He's been spamming in the chat here, best running back to ever play at Alabama. I think that's pretty easily Derrick Henry. Uh, you, I mean, you could say Sean Alexander. You can make a good argument for Mark Ingram because he played in a different era. But I think what's it, what Derrick Henry has done in the league has cemented himself as probably the best running back of the last five years or so. Yeah, and to be clear, Derrick Henry will get another chance to play on another team after this contract, but he will not get top dollar. He will you, not. You don't he think, will you don't think he'll pull the wool? You don't think that there's teams because it seems like this they they can like teams can consistently pay a big money for a running back and then everyone just goes, what are you doing? And then it doesn't work out. Do you think that teams have learned their lesson at this point? I do. Okay. I do. But again, the, the, the conversation where I, um, where I think that is going to make the biggest difference between a running back getting paid in this league again is going to be Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. If they get second contracts at top dollar, at the way that they play, that is the future of the running back position. You will not see any more Frank Gores. You won't see any more Ezekiel Elliott's. You won't see any more of these just bruiser-type running backs um, unless it's on smaller deals. They will be the equivalent of what the scat back used to be, right? They're going to be called, like, power backs, and they're only going to play on inches, goal lines. Right. Like, that's – I think that's where it's headed. And to me, I think if teams were smart, they would not sign Derrick Henry to a long-term deal. It would be a one-year one deal with six, seven million dollars. And then that, that, would, that would be what I would expect. But like you said, there's probably going to be some team out there. It'll probably be like the Raiders when they lose Josh Jacobs and they'll pay Derrick Henry two or three year deal for top dollar. Yeah, there's there's going to be some team out there that thinks that the that Derek having Derrick Henry added to their their weapons, you know, their playoff team, they're like, "We get Derrick Henry, we're Super Bowl contenders now." Completely ignoring the fact that paying top dollar for a running back almost takes you out of the Super Bowl conversation. Right. If you can get him on like a 6-7 million dollar contract as you alluded to, yeah, that that more than makes sense. But the Chiefs go to the go to the Super Bowl be Drafting seventh rounders and, and picking up guys off the scrap heap. That's the way. The that's other, the way. That's the way that the, the, the Patriots did it for forever. The other thing, too, that makes Derrick Henry so good is the volume. They're not going to give a running back the volume of carries anymore. Like, like that's right, going right. away. They're only getting 10, 15 carries a game because it's a pass-heavy game now. And you're not going to see – 35 carries from Derrick Henry after this year. Yeah, and that goes back to the, to the value thing. I mean, the teams that invest in these running backs long-term don't want to run them 20, 25 times a game because that's just dragging down their value. You mentioned Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey as the two running backs modeling for the future of the running back position. What about a guy like Austin Eckler? He scored 20 touchdowns the last two years with a great split between receiving yards and rushing yards. 900 rushing yards the last two years, 700 receiving yards the last two years, 20 touchdowns in both years. He's 28 years old. The Chargers just locked up Justin Herbert. That offense seems to be the one clear bright spot of that team. They aren't even considering extending him. What more can a running back do at that point? Oh, man, I don't know. 
Maybe it's in a lot worse position than I thought because, I mean, I, I know that he, he signed a deal, right, that was short-term for a smaller amount of money in hopes to get this big contract. Right. Um, I, man, I mean, maybe it's just a mindset of the ownership, 28 and you're out. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's just it. Um, and that's really hard to change an owner ownership's mind about what, what the value of a, a player, when, when they start declining, what that age number is. I mean, you can see it with the Bengals. They, they don't like signing guys past 30 to third contracts. Right. So maybe it's just the mindset of the league now. I don't know. Yeah, and Happy makes a good point. You obviously can't. It's such a quarterback-driven league at this point. You obviously can't invest in a running back and a quarterback and a wide receiver. We're talking about wrapping $100 million in guaranteed money up between three guys in T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. Well, we obviously can't pay a running back such as a Derrick Henry or even a Joe Mixon $7, 8000000 million because then that's just anchoring the offense. You have to spread the money around. The places these running backs could go and get decent money is floundering teams such as the Titans with Ryan Tannehill playing very cheap, receivers like Traylon Burks and Nick Westbrook-Akine on the Titans that are not getting a single dollar for playing in the league. That's the only way these running backs can go and put up good numbers. And in the end of their career, like it or not, guys want a ring chase. And running backs aren't going to have a chance to get a ring anymore. And I think that's really what's putting a, a damper on the position as a whole. Well, that's, that seems like enough NFL running back talk. Let's get into the Reds. Play a big-time series in L.A. this week. Yes, they do. We get lucky again. The Reds continue to get lucky. Elliot, we were talking about this before the show. How do we keep getting so lucky with these pitching matchups? I don't know how it happens, but it's like I think it's just a part of the magic of this season. The season was supposed to be a failure. Everybody was supposed to not show up to games. They've crushed the attendance records time in and time out this year. The, the, the rookies that have come up, they've succeeded beyond our wildest dreams. And I just think it's part of the deal where it's like, it's just our year. I just think it's our year. It, I, it's not a World Series year, but it's our year to make a postseason run. I don't know, like the, you look at the Astros series, nothing. We, we, we faced nothing. We, we look at the Dodgers series, right? The last time we played the Dodgers, uh, we had two, two bad pitchers, two very good ones, still won the series, right? I don't know how it happens. I don't know why it happens, but it's just part of the year. And I think the Reds need to take advantage of it. Do I think that they're going to win this series? No. But I, I think they, they're certainly able to win a game. And that's, and that's my expectation. That's my hope here. If you think we're going to win one game this series, you're obviously picking Luke Weaver night tomorrow, correct? That would be correct. That would be correct. The Reds do not lose on Luke Weaver night. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. And I think, Jake, Jake, like Jacob was saying, we were talking, Sheehan might be the worst pitcher of all time. Six seven five ERA against Luke Weaver. We, we wonder how Luke Weaver keeps winning these games. We talk about the offense just needing one more. At some point, it's because the other team is also walking out their sixth best starting pitcher. Correct. Okay. Correct. As long as we all recognize that that has something to do with it. The other two games in the series are also very interesting. Brandon Williamson's numbers are, are incredibly inflated from about his first, I don't know, five starts or so that weren't so mm -hmm. great. Since that rain game, that rain tweet in Baltimore, yep. he's a 2.25 ERA. He, he's facing Bobby Miller, who is unequivocally the best pitcher the Dodgers are throwing this series. He has six wins on the year. I know we don't love pitcher wins as a stat, but that does mean something when you're 6-1. He has a 4.28 ERA. And then on Sunday, we have Andrew Abbott, who has been absolute, or Graham Ashcraft, sorry, not Andrew Abbott. Graham Ashcraft, who has been absolutely lights out in his last five starts, 2.1 ERA against Michael Grove, who's up there in the sixes. Do you think we can get a sweep? 
Yeah, I think there's a chance. And what people don't talk about the, about the Dodgers either is that their bullpen's been bad. Their bullpen is untrustworthy, especially the back end. They've been blowing saves left and right. I think I think there's a chance the Reds win the series. Plus 200 tonight, by the way, on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to, known to man. I think there is a chance. I don't think the, the Dodgers are that far ahead of us. Lineup-wise, they're better, right? Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, these guys are Hall of Famers, multiple. So I do think the Dodgers have the edge on us there. But pitching-wise, the way the starters have gone for the, for the Reds the past two weeks now, the way the bullpen has pitched all season, on top of that, we're not facing the Brewers, so the offense should show up right now. I think there is a chance the Reds can sweep this series. Anecdotal stat, we play well offensively in the series following the Brewers' shutouts. <laughs> it just feels like that's the way this I, team goes. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And Reed said it yesterday. The Reds have played better in L.A. There was a stretch of time, I think for like 10 years, the Reds just would lose every single series in San Francisco and San Diego and L.A. But right now, I, I feel better. I, and again, part of the magic of this season, they've been doing things that they have quite literally haven't done before. So I think part of that could be another sweep in, in Los Angeles. How terrible are West Coast road trips when you actually like want to sit down and watch the like? The worst. I mean, at least it's on a weekend. <laughs> like if it's a weekday, that's a little better, or a, 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 it's much worse because you're not going right. to stay up till one a.m. on a on a Wednesday. But ten ten when you really want to see this ball game is is miserable. You guys are right. I mean, the, the hater in me, the hater in me keeps every time these big series against a good team, the Reds come up, and I look at the pitching matchups, and I just go, "Are you kidding me?" Like, when are you guys going to face a good pitcher? Yeah. But it, it, you face good pitching against the Brewers, it doesn't go well. Right. But this is a chance to, to win a couple games. You know, you, you got Brandon Williamson who's throwing well. Bryce Miller has been okay at times this year for, for L.A. I think the, the, the big crux is if, if Luke Weaver can, can continue to win the game on Saturday. I think you can win one of the games fr Friday and Sunday. I think you're going to. Graham Ashcraft, Brandon Williamson have been lights out. Recently, not lights out, but they've been pitching. They've been, close. Pitch, they've been pitching very well. Right. So if Luke Weaver can keep the magic going on on Saturday, you take two of three from LA before going into a marquee matchup against the the division champions this year, Chicago Cubs. That's that's going to be huge. There, by the way, real quick, and I'm going to ignore that comment by Reed. <laughs> ERA wise, the Dodgers are 20th in the MLB. Average wise, they're 18th. Both of those are very close, similar to the Reds. I think they're pretty similar teams. The difference is that their power numbers are just absurd. They, they're second in the MLB. They're going to kill home runs. They're just going to crush home runs. I know Weaver's going to give up seven of them. But that's okay. But that's okay because we don't lose on Luke Weaver night. I genuinely don't care what that number is on Saturday. Yeah. That's the easiest over of all on time. the Betfred Sportsbook that I have ever taken in my life. Of all time. Of all time. Can we talk about something that is, you know, a, a major stretch of logic considering I'm just saying because the, the, the Cubs have won six in a row and are back to 500 and are four games out of the wild card and five and a half games out of, of the division. Okay, We've talked about how bad the NL Central is for so long. There is a possibility, albeit not a great one, but a possibility in which the NL Central gets three teams into the postseason. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's not a great possibility. It's, it's an incredibly small one. But it is a serious thing that might happen. I mean, the, the, the Reds are currently a wild card team. The Brewers winning the division. The Cubs are four games out of a wild card. Wouldn't that be a, a twist on the, the rhetoric this whole season that the NL Central is terrible? Yeah, I mean, we've said since about the start of when we really ta started taking making the playoffs seriously that the only path for the Reds realistically is to win the Central. Well, I think that's been completely thrown out of the window. Is it kind of like the Big Ten, though, Reed? <laughs> what do you say? Is it kind of like the Big Ten? They get 10 teams in the postseason, and then they flame out. Like, is that the NL Central? I'm not 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 because the league's good enough. Like we always talk about the Big Ten. They're good enough to where they are tournament teams. Yeah. Like they have the resumes because they're beating teams. Like you have are, to put Iowa in, but they're not getting past the second round. Correct. Yeah. But you have to put them in because they yeah. have the resume. Yeah. I mean that yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that the NL Central is a better division than the NL East or the NL West, but there is a real possibility in which three teams make the postseason. And none of those three teams would be favored in their first round matchup. Correct. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. Which is exactly well, the Big true. Ten model. That's not true. Get a but, let's not just true. stack March Madness and they're all going to flame out. Because two of them, one of be, them would be favored. Because two of them yes. would be playing each other. <laughs> one of them would be yes. favored. Yes. Two yes. of them would be playing each other. Yes. You're right. You're right. And I'm sure we'll get to the MLB trade deadline soon. But I, I think that some of these teams are going to tank after they trade away all their players. That opens the door for more teams, opens the door for more NL Central bad teams like the Brewers, Reds, Cardinals maybe, Cardinals. Do we, are we still writing off the Cardinals? Nolan Arenado has been pretty heavily rumored to be a Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, that would Cardinals, are, Cardinals are, in the words of Natty Ron, the stinky Cardinals are done. The, that would crush my spirit if he, got to, if he went to the Dodgers. Dodgers I, suck. I, 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 I hate the Dodgers. They're my least favorite team. I also hate the Dodgers. I hate. The, I know Jacob won't agree with this. The I hate cable the, Dodgers are great. I hate. The, I hate the Dodgers more than I hate the Yankees at this point. I think there's really? been a switch, and it's only because the Dodgers have just been what the Yankees are supposed to be uh, over the past. I don't know, seven years. Six years. The Dodgers haven't even won a ring since 2000. I know. It's, uh, that's true. 1988. Right. Same 2020. 20, it's correct. 2020 does not count. Clown year. Um, yeah, I was gonna say neither one of them like they're they're both constantly in the postseason, but neither one of them have been dogs team, in the postseason. Yeah, but teams that have the ability just to get whatever they want and still don't succeed—that's my issue. When the Yankees go by well, Cody Bellinger, Nolan Arenado, two starting pitchers, and, a, and you know another outfielder at the yeah. deadline, I'm gonna hate the Yankees. Like it, that's correct. It doesn't matter where they are; they're gonna end up buying. Everyone's suggesting the Yankees might sell. It seems crazy to me. I seriously could not imagine rooting for a team that has almost a limitless budget and just can't <laughs> seem to figure it out. Give us time. Thoughts? I think I think it would ruin the sport. I think it would <laughs> honestly ruin the. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I I can't imagine what the Mets are going through right now. Mets fans, because I know Mets fans at least care. I know Mets fans like Frank the Tank and other weirdos. I think they all care about the Mets. I still don't believe that there are people who care about the Dodgers. Well, that's the perfect I, segue. Oh, 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 no, that's not true. No, no, no. Dodgers no. have fans. The, no, Dodgers, the Dodgers, yeah, Dodgers have fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Lakers are the only teams that people care about in L.A. I don't think the people that show up to those games, I would say a majority of the people that show up to Dodgers games don't care about the Dodgers. I walked around downtown I L.A. Believe with, that. With, a, with, an, with an L.A. Dodgers hat that I bought at Dodger Stadium the night before, and I had three people ask me if I watched the game yesterday. If I walked around in Cincinnati with a Cincinnati Reds hat, I don't think I have three people like walk up to me like, "What do you think about yesterday's game?" I mean, they they might be like, "Hey, we're playing well. That's it." But like they guys were coming up to me like, "Hey, did you watch the game yesterday?" But uh, I think they yeah. do that because there's so few people who actually watch it that they have to ask. I'm usually. Well, well, you mean they, they're genuinely watch. asking? Yeah. They're yeah. genuinely. The Dodgers asking. have a big fan base. Yeah, yeah, they have a big a fan base because they have a, they have a large population in Los Angeles. I still I still don't believe no one will be able to no one will be able to convince me that the Dodgers have fans. Nobody. They do. The Dodgers and the Lakers do. <laughs> I mean, I, they, they do. do. They, they do. do. The Dodgers and the Lakers do. The Dodgers and the it Lakers is, do. Jolly Jolly Dodgers. So. It is a bad it is so. a bad look whenever there's a a Dodgers game and the the stadium doesn't get filled up till the fourth inning. That is a bad look. Yeah. But that's just because there's traffic. Yep. Yeah. 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 
I mean, the worst look for LA sports has been this last national championship and Super Bowl that's been there with the no tailgating and then outselling the fans in the stadium. It's just continuing to push the narrative that the West Coast doesn't care about it's sports. A we've, got to, we've got to stop putting major events there. West, the West Coast sucks for sports. When, when a West Coast team wins a major sporting event, the rest of the world weeps. It's just horrible. Nobody wins. Because I know nobody cares. The rest of the world weeps. Nobody no one, cares. Well, it's really Sri Lanka's pit. shambles. <laughs> I mean, Seattle cares. Seattle San cares. Francisco cares. The Warriors fans It's, just it's really just L.A. It's San LA. Diego it's, cared. I'm talking about California. Hey, San Diego still puts 40,000 people in the seats, and they're terrible. Oh, I, I, meant, I meant Chargers, but yes. Yeah, they've sold have – the have the Padres sold out yeah, more let's talk than – No, no, no. Let's go back to the Chargers. Let's see how many people <laughs> show up to those games. Three. There's three people in that in the stands, and those three go to the other team. Chargers, like the, the Chargers, two, don't have one NFL fan. Not one. Right. They literally don't have a fan. Los Angeles is the only city out there that people truly don't care. I agree because there's so That's much stuff saying. going That's on. But they, they host but they, everything. But you said the whole West Coast. Oh, sorry. Okay, so I and I, they do no, care no, no. about the I, Dodgers. They I do respect care about the San, Dodgers. I respect San Francisco fans. Dodgers and Lakers. I respect Oakland fans. The very few of them. But I, I think that the, the, the L.A. teams, it ruins sports. They ruin sports. Nobody cares. The problem is that it's so enticing to go to L.A. that they get all these big stars and then That's they go out there and they, and, and, then they, and they – No, 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 no. I'm talking about the players. I'm talking about, you know, you send LeBron out there. You send all these good baseball players out there or some of these guys that go and play for the Clippers or if you're an NFL player and you just want to go and be in L.A., you just want to go live out there in Malibu, whatever it might be, just because you want to be in California. And then you get out there and you're just playing. You're collecting the, you're collecting the checks. You're playing. You're living in L.A. You're living a great life. But you're not playing in front of any fans that care unless you're the Dodgers or the Lakers. I, they care. Those people two fan wear, bases care. People wear Dodgers hats in L.A. for style. They don't wear it because they watch the games. The, number, well, the number one team in attendance in the National League this year is the Dodgers. That's correct because it's a tourist town. The number three team in attendance this year in the National League is the Padres. Tourist town. San Diego has great baseball fans. They have. Great, I, I will not stand for Petco Park slander. They are they are five games under five hundred, and they sell out every game. Giants fans care. I said Giants that. Fans? I said that. Oh, okay. I respect Giants fans. I'm just talking about Los Angeles. They are tenth out of. Do we have the video of those Padres fans talking about Manny's going to cruise? Oh my! Can the we goose. Find that? Let's go goose. That's the. You know worst. what I'm talking about? No. That is the worst Padres. What's that from? When was that from? It was huh? right during their playoff run last year. It, it, it went viral. You would know if you saw it. You could, yeah. But yeah, I, I think there are fans. In, there, there are fans in California, just none in LA. None. Yeah, that's fair. I and, hate LA. And they keep pigeonholing these events into LA, and no one goes. I mean, they're outsold at all the games the, that they. The have college there. basketball championship is is played at nine thirty on a Monday night because LA needs to watch the game. Give me a break. That's the other thing. No, the people that watch these games, granted, and a couple people out there on the West Coast, I get it. But the most most of this country does not want to stay up that late to watch these games. No. It's just can, miserable. Can we talk about how the West Coast just objectively has a better sports viewing schedule than we do? No. T 10A, 10A in the NFL games are starting? That's fantastic. Central time. I, I, will, I will say last well, – What do you do with your nights? You Central. go to bed at 6 p.m. Right. What do you do with your nights? Yeah. They have stuff to do in L.A., Elliot. I, 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 hate to, I hate to tell you this. Yeah. Cincinnati, we have sports Fly teams. Fly on their private jets and pollute the air. <laughs> That's what they have to do. Go to yeah. the Oscars. Last year, last year, waking up when I was in Portland with Xavier and waking up to watch Ohio State and Michigan, and the kickoff was at 9, and I slept till like you know 10 or 10.30 or whatever, and you're waking up and like, 
the end of the second quarter or halftime, it's a wild experience. Wild experience. And then you're going to – the last game finishes and you look at your watch and it's – Dinner time? 8.30 maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's a normal time out here. I mean, I love the – I'm the only one in this room. Like, I, I live for the 10 o'clock starts because I don't go to bed till like, 1.30, 2 o'clock. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. I don't mind a 10 o'clock start if it's on a weekend. But if you're doing a Monday night game and it starts at 9 o'clock, we have an issue. Like, yeah. going back to, like, the, the, the Reds tonight, 10 o'clock is fine. Yeah. It's Friday night. You're going to be out doing stuff anyways. Might as well. Like, if, if, if you're, if That's you're what out, I'm saying. If yeah. you're out at a local saloon, you're out at Champions Rally, it's going to be tonight. You might as well just be watching the Reds game at 10-10. Yeah, no issue with it on the weekends. But, I mean, like Elliot said, when he gets down there on a Monday or Tuesday night at 10 o'clock start, you can't pay me to watch the end of that game. It's like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Before Chatterbox Reds started, I, I kept asking Trace. I was like, what are you going to do when – the Reds are playing the Giants on July whatever out at 10-10 on a Tuesday, and the Reds are 30 games under 500. <laughs> Luckily, we are not. I remember those conversations. <laughs> I, I had a lot of those. I, had, I kept asking them that, and that was, that was where the haters started. That makes these 10-10 games a little easier to swallow when you're actually playing for something meaningful. True. Elliot touched on what the heck the Mets are going to do, and that's the perfect segue into the trade deadline because the Cincinnati Reds have been linked to Justin Verlander. Does anyone in this room have any interest in Justin Verlander on the Cincinnati Reds other than Reed Mouse? Nope. Well, I, I mean, just I, straight up interest, like it would be interesting. I, I mean, but, I couldn't want any starting but, pitcher less. They would have to eat up so much contract, but guys... That's $40 million. Not, not, they eat 35 of it. Bring him on over. Sure. Not, yeah. to, not, not, not to bonk myself here, but if Justin Verlander pitched uh, here in we Cincinnati, go. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to be scouring GABP for Kate Upton. Like, I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm going to actively be doing that. Kate Upton's not moving to Cincinnati. That's I hate bad. to tell She's going to come watch hubby play. When he, when he pitches half the, this year, I, he, I mean, she's not She's not moving, Cincinnati. but she's going to come visit. She's going she's gonna to come watch a game. It's not a two-year deal. Is it a two-year deal? It's $40 million it a not, year. Is it knocked out? I don't know if it's an opt out. Uh, listen, I, I, don't, I don't like being does Ver, does just, in the chat. Does, does, Hall of Fame, <laughs> does Hall of Fame pitcher Justin Verlander make this team infinitely better? Yeah. But am I going to want to give up everybody I own in the farm system for Justin Verlander and Jonathan India for $40 million a year? Yeah, no thanks. No, I mean, I'm good. I think I'll take Brandon Williamson. Shout out, uh, shout out the Enquirer, though, for putting this out in the ether. I won't shout out there. Like last, <laughs> when was that? When did you read me that article? Last hey, double, week? The, the quote was, hey, Doubleday, what do you think <laughs> about Verlander? It's one of the most preposterous articles I've ever seen. Shout out to the Enquirer. What do you think about Verlander? <laughs> uh, Ver, Ver, yeah, I mean, Ver, listen, Verlander makes the team better. They make the team a lot better. He makes the team a lot better. I, it's just not going to happen. The other news about the Reds, the trade deadline, was that Jonathan India is not on the market for a prospect return. I feel like Elliot was probably throwing a party last night reading that headline. You vindicated? Do you feel good about that? I'm vindicated. Do we have the tweet or do we have the picture we of do. it? We uh, do. Right here. So here we go. The Reds are not going to trade second baseman Jonathan India for uh oh for prospects when their farm system is already loaded. They are not going to trade him for a two-month rental when he comes with three additional years of club control. Perhaps the only way they would trade him would be if they acquire him a controllable starting pitcher and good luck trying to make such a deal happen end quote and this is what i was saying yesterday you're not going to get a you're not going to get an eduardo rodriguez for jonathan india jonathan india is not worth that much 
But I do think there's a couple relief pitchers that are available. I still think it's pot. What are you laughing at? Chat, read. What are you uh, – so I, I do think there's, <laughs> there's, there's a chance that Jonathan India still gets traded. I still think if they get a, a reliever with control, a good middle reliever, I still think there's a chance he's traded. But I don't think they're trading him for prospects. I've been on that train since the beginning. And they can't trade him for a starter because he's not good enough. So, Jonathan India, this is your year. Let's win a World Series. Let's win the World Series MVP. Let's get you extended. Because once the Reds win a World Series, nothing matters. At that point, I firmly believe nothing matters. I want a second one. I would, well, I'd want a second one. Nothing but I'm a, gets you going like one more. You say it more than anyone in this true. room. That's true. That's true. But let me tell you this, Jacob. I'd be okay with 10 years of failure if we win a World Series this year. Like 10 just straight years of abysmal failure. I'd be okay with that if the Reds won a championship, a world championship this season. Look at the Nats. <laughs> abysmal Nats, failure. Nats they gave, burned it down. They burned it down. And they knew it was coming, too. The, the, the Cubs <laughs> the Cubs for the forever said if they win a World Series, all those players will be enshrined. We'll make statues out of all of them. We fired Joe Madden two years later. The, the, <laughs> we were done with yeah, Joe Madden. I, listen, I mean, these teams, like, I, I think it's like it's okay to be like like the Royals. The Royals, the Royals yeah. The Royals are a disgrace. I mean, the Nationals are quite literally the, the worst thing in D.C. right now. In Washington, D.C., they're the very worst thing. So I think, I, I think like, I'm okay with it. Burn did, it down. Did any small market, and I know they're, they're like the, the, small, the small market that has won a World Series, but the Royals were terrible for 20-plus years. Got good for three years, won their championship, and been terrible ever since. Yeah. I mean, been really bad. They're the worst the, in the league. It's the American dream. I mean, that's the American dream. Get fat Mike Moustakis on your team when he's good for that one year, win a World Series, and then ship him off to Cincinnati where he can eat Skyline every day. But he's a leader. Huh? He was a confirmed leader in the clubhouse. I guess. Well, if he was a confirmed leader, then it worked because he won a World Series. Well, he was a leader in the Reds clubhouse. No, he was not a leader in the Reds clubhouse. He was the leader of Burgers Eaten. So I, I don't <laughs> think I, – I think the Reds are okay. If the Reds, if the Reds get Verlander, fine. If they don't, whatever. I'm not I'm – not, Resting the season on Justin Verlander. What does that look like? Like, because Justin Verlander, let me put it this way. Like, if the Reds were to take on Justin Verlander's contract, the Mets would have to give us a prospect. Give, give the Reds a prospect. The, the report, the initial report by Feinsand was that it would be India and two prospects and a, a package of prospects for Verlander and half of Verlander's contract. So it would be $20 million for Verlander. The Mets eat $20 million, take India, and a, that's a terrible a, a, team, a prospect. Yeah, that's I, a terrible I team. Jacob, let me ask you this. Are the Reds World Series contenders with Justin Verlander? Hunter Green, Justin Verlander, Andrew Abbott, Graham Ashcraft. There are many starting pitchers out there I think would make the Reds a star, uh, World Series contender more than Justin Verlander. Really? Yes. Most, I, most of the names we have named been good. Deadline. Let's 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 like I feel like I, I we're know. talking about Justin Verlander like he's not been great. I mean he's not been Verlander. He's not but, worth forty million dollars. Correct, that's the issue. Co correct. But he's I mean he's got a three point two four ERA. He's not striking people out at the same clip that he was, but he's he's still been a, a pretty good pitcher. And you have to add on the added bonus of we get to watch Justin Verlander in a Reds uniform, which is pretty cool. I mean he's he's a generational pitcher. He's been at the top of the league for decade. Decade Cy plus Young now. last year. Cy Young last year at thirty nine. Right. There's still something in there. We could tap in. I mean, maybe you can fix him. I saw ESPN put out a tweet that Scherzer's ideal destination is Cincinnati. Now, that's an even different conversation to oh tackle. Oh, God. Let's go. Let's do the Scherzer thing, fellas. I mean, let's go. no interest in Scherzer. Let's the, go. The, the, it really is like if, if the Reds are going to take on Justin Verlander's contract, the Mets would have to give the Reds prospects. 
Right. The, the Reds yeah. cannot afford $40 million. So the only way in which that makes sense is if you're getting Justin Verlander and, and a couple of a couple of young guys on top of that for Kevin Newman. <laughs> like that's yeah, it would the, have to be a complete dump of, of a player. It would, they would have to be dumping everything. Everything. That's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And with Jonathan India not being confirmed, not traded for prospects... I genuinely don't see an avenue where he's traded this year. Uh, last night changed my opinion entirely. I do not think he's traded at the trade deadline. I don't think he is. I don't think, I don't think he is, a, A, acquiring enough value, enough, enough interest to get traded, and, B, I don't think it's, it makes sense for Nick Crawl to trade him right now. I don't. I don't think it's so. But one pitcher the Reds will not be getting is Lucas Giolito. That was a name that the Reds were linked to. Could we get Lucas Giolito? He was traded along with uh, Ronaldo Lopez from the White Sox for Edgar Cuero and Kai Bush, uh, top prospects for the Angels. Do we think that trade was good? I think the funny doing thing... two-day old news here? Yeah. That, well, we didn't talk about it yesterday, did we? No, yeah. we did not. Uh, I think the, 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 funny, the funny thing about this from Twitter was the people arguing about the prospects and what got given up in return for Giolito. And there was one school that was talking about the, comparing those prospects to what they were or what they would have been in the Reds organization. And then there was everybody else that was arguing, well, it, it was a good trade because you want to try and make a push. You want to try and do something now. And, and the, those two camps were just fighting back and forth for about four hours on Twitter. I don't know who won. I kind of didn't really care, and I kind of gave up looking at it. But I it's, I, I think the, the, one, the one thing I will say is – Dollar in the jar. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how good those prospects are individually, but I think what I saw a lot that I get annoyed at a lot is when I see people saying they gave up their number three and number five prospect or number five and number seven or whatever. I mean, past number one and two, maybe like your system might just stink. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Tell me how good they are. I, I got sick of seeing the same five tweets over and over where I saw, you know, they gave up their fifth and seventh best prospects in the organization. That doesn't mean anything to me. Your your organization could stink. To be fair, it was their second and third best prospect. Okay, yeah. Like that. I mean, even that. I'm I'm still on Paul's side with all the prospect stuff. I would trade all my prospects, every single one of them, for a World Series this year. I would trade literally every prospect the Cincinnati Reds have in the organization That's for a World works. Championship. Huh? That's not how they work, though. I know it's not how they work, <laughs> but I'd still do it, right? I'd still, I, that's how little I value the prospects. And again, I have been proven wrong on that time and time again, but that's just how winning teams operate, right? The, the thing about what the Angels did in that trade is if it was any other year than Shohei Otani's final year, they would have been buy, we would have been talking about them being buyers from the get-go. Like, we'd have been talking about them being buyers for months because this is the best that they have played this deep into the season since they've gotten Shohei Otani. The difference is is you don't know if Shohei Otani is going to be on the team next year. So if, if he is on the team next year, then, yeah, it's, it's probably the right move because this is the best shot that they have, and you're, you're, you're keeping him around and, and all these things, and it's just another year where you have the MVP talent where <laughs> the, maybe the best player ever and you, you're, you're in the best position to win but if Shohei Otani's not on the Angels next year, what are we doing? What are we doing? If you if they don't have a contract with him already at least agreed to, to in principle or at least have the framework agreed to or something, 
not trading him is the biggest blunder an MLB team could make because they legitimately could have stocked their system. We're talking about trading their second and third best prospect for a rental. They could have stocked their system with prospects far better than either of those guys for a decade plus. And still got Shohei Otani in the offseason. Right. I, I mean, I can't wrap my head around why you don't trade Shohei for the best, po- best package you can have. Let me ask you this, Jacob, and not to change the subject. If you have to bet right now the Reds make a deal at the deadline, yes or no? Yes, I think there will be a deal made. The a significant deal. A deal that matters to this year's team. Yes, I think, the, I think ma- a major league piece will be added at the deadline. Okay. I, I don't know that it's going to be this earth-shattering move that we're all kind of hoping for, whether it's Jonathan Indy being traded or a substantial addition to the starting pitching rotation or even a, a really good reliever. It might be an old aging reliever that we're taking on as, as a salary dump or something like that. But I think there is an addition to the Reds' major league roster at the deadline. What say you? I don't think so. I don't think so at this point. I want it to happen, but again, I just don't know the value. Nick Kroll has said openly that he's not interested in trading prospects. And again, I still don't believe that there's value on this team that the Reds are willing to trade. Jonathan India is the, ne- the other name. I don't think you're going to get what you want from Jonathan India, so you let him ride the season. Jake Fraley, who, who uh, Jacob and I have mentioned and were crucified for mentioning, I, think, I don't think you trade him either. I think he means too much against a right-handed pitcher. So, no, I, I don't think the Reds make a deal that m- helps this team at all. Would, would you as Reds fans be happy if, if the Stroh show came, came to the Queen City? I would not be. I, I've said no just because of the history of contact pitchers in Cincinnati. It just doesn't work. He would hate Cincinnati. He would hate Reds fans. He would hate them. He would. Marcus Stroman would just hate Reds I don't fans. need that sideshow around here. Yeah. Yeah. We already took Pedro Strope on, that weird hat wearing. Oh, don't weirdo. knock Strope. Oh, he's the worst. Don't knock Strope in the hat. What do you mean? He was horrible. Mount Flushmore of Reds. Oh. At least Marlon. He was fantastic. At, at, he was great least, with the Nats. At least Marlon Bird contributed to this team, unlike Alec Mills. Alec Mills, what a guy. What a guy. What a no-hitter. Famous, famous Chicago Cub, Marlon Bird. What are we talking about? <laughs> Marlon Bird was great for the Reds for that one year. and the Reds. Were, <laughs> I think the Reds were the worst team of all time that year. All right, here's a tweet. Not Reds-related. You guys may have seen this. It was last night. This tweet about Barry Bonds. Do you guys see this? Fun yeah. fact. If you went two for five with a oh, home... 2004? Yeah. If you went two for five with a home run and a single every day, you would finish your season with 162 home runs... 810 total bases, 324 hits, and you would still have a lower OPS than Barry Bonds had in 2004. I mean, that's... We talk about Shohei Otani. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, we talk about Shohei Otani Sho- having the best season ever. Are we sure it's better than that Barry Bonds season? It's, oh, 2004. I mean, yeah, there's so many stats you can throw about 2004. My favorite isn't the OPS stat. It's actually the fact that if he had zero hits in 2004, he still led Major League Baseball in on-base percentage. That's how many times he got on base. I mean, how many times he got he got walked. What was it? I, if you look up the the all time dudes that have been intentionally walked, he leads it by like three times the next guy. He's getting walked to the bases loaded multiple times. Yep. He he would. There was a few times where he would get an O two count, and they would intentionally walk him after that. Like what? What do we do? Like <laughs> pitch one strike, pitch two strike. All right, you can have it. We didn't get you out in the first two. Go ahead. And have it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. all you. I mean, there's never been a, pit, a hitter feared as much as Barry Bonds in that year. No. And there probably never will be. Yeah, there was a after Bryce Harper had that incredible 2015. He came to a Wrigley Field and Joe Madden elicited the. They walked Bryce Harper every time he came up to the plate. Every time he came up to the plate, he he got walked like 12 times in a series. 
Jeez. I remember and, that. And people I were like that. talking, is, is Bryce Harper going to do the, the, the Barry Bonds thing? Because that was – Barry Bonds won three straight MVPs, six over his career, and then going in 2004, people were just done with it. They're just like, we're just going to walk you. Like, you're just going to go up to the plate. We're just going to walk you. We're not going to deal with it anymore. And then people were like, is this what's going to happen with Bryce Harper? It didn't happen. But for a weekend, it did. Hey, are you close to a point where you consider walking Shohei Otani more often? I mean, he hits two home runs last night. He's up to a, a league-leading, you know, mid-30s. 38. At, at some point. Yeah. He's I think he's on pace to, for 60 home runs. At some point, you got to think about it. I mean, people started walking Aaron Judge late in that year. At some, some point, you got to think about doing that to the Angels. Yeah. I, the, the, the thing about the Angels is they're – you're not really worried about them beating you right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. They, they are over 500. They are playing good ball. They got two wins yesterday. They are not too far out of the, the playoff discussion. I think they have like a 25% chance to make the postseason. But it, it, in the postseason, surely, if they get to the postseason, how many pitches is Shohei Otani going to see? Yeah, I would assume not many. I mean, if we talk about, you know, if they let Otani walk at the end of the year, how, how much of a blunder that would be from a, from a team managing standpoint. If they don't make the playoffs this year, it's just as bad. Oh, it's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and it just proves my point that Los Angeles teams just don't know what they're doing and nobody cares. I, I would be – I would say there's very few actual Angels fans, like, that can name the roster. There are, People show up to the games. Like I said, it's Los Angeles. People are going to show up. Uh, but I would say very few people actually genuinely care about the Anthony Rendon contract situation in Los Angeles. Do the, do the Angels – out of like the, the three cities that have multiple teams, the Mets have a giant fan base and an incredibly passionate fan base. The White Sox have a small fan base, but a very, very passionate fan base. Are, do the Angels have a, a very passionate fan base? I really don't know much about the Angels fan base. Yeah, I know one Angels fan, and he doesn't really care a whole lot. So <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think – like, it just proves my point. Eliminate Los Angeles sports. Eliminate them. They love the Dodgers, Take brother. them away. They love Take the them Dodgers. Away. The Dodgers the are the one team it doesn't apply. You know what? And the Lakers. You know what? I respect the LA Galaxy. They can have soccer. The Lakers? They, Los Angeles, for you what get worth, soccer. For what it's worth, the Angels, I just looked this up, the Angels are, are third in the American League in attendance this year. <clears throat> I stand by people what? go to Lakers games to be seen at Lakers That's games. my point. You were disagreeing with me No, Dodgers this. are different. Dodgers are different. No, dude, it's not. They all people in Los Angeles will show up to the games because they're not people from Los Angeles. They're people from <laughs> Ohio who like baseball. That's who's showing up to these games. It's not go to a random Angels fan and ask him about Anthony Rendon. What's his What's his contract? Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Eliminate them. They can have soccer. It is Football. truly embarrassing to have the two best players, unequivocally the two best players in the league on Third your generation. team for right. for how many? You know, how many years now? And they haven't they even... Had, they've had uh, t her trout for 12 and... Uh, Tani for Tani's six? This is Was six. it one playoff series? 2014. Yeah. They made the postseason. They were the best team in the American League in 2014. And they got swept by the Royals, the Charging Royals. That's they went brutal. to the World Series and lost to the Giants because Madison Bumgarner maybe had the greatest postseason performance of all time. It's unbelievable. Brutal. How do you do that with two great players? Reed, do you are take you... it as a compliment that I look old. That you're that you're being called 33 when you're 27. Hate it. Hate it. Hate <laughs> it. Hate it. I know my hair's going old. I know I, I got bags underneath my eyes, but I hate how old I look. That tuft's giving you like an extra minus three years. Though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, the, that, that tuft you. is bringing you back to earth, that baby. You. So like, look, look, bring the camera on me. Hair, hair looks fine here, right? Looks good. Like everything. I mean, you just put the head down. You see that crown? Oh, that's in. brutal. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Not good. I look old, that's rapidly James, aging. That's the James Murray from Impractical Jokers haircut. I'm with a tuft. I'm six months older than than Paul, or seven months older than Paul. I don't know what it is. 
Reed's 27. I'm about to be 27. I, don't I am. They were, they were saying that someone brought in that no one in this chat, no one in the, the studio remembers 9-11. My class was the final class that was in school. I was in kindergarten. I remember, like, getting sit down to, like, I mean, they explained what was going on to a bunch of six-year-olds. We had no idea. I mean, they just, I just remember getting sit down. They're like, they, they flew planes into a building. And you're like, I was about a month away. You're going to school. They said, my, you're, going, you're going to school. You're my, going pr my, okay. my preschool teacher's dad, I just said this in the chat. My preschool teacher's dad was who told President Bush about. I, like when you when you see the, the picture of the most famous meme in the world. Andrew right Card leaning yeah. in. That was my preschool teacher's dad. Wow. Chief of staff. Yes. Yeah, Andrew Card. And it was my first day of preschool. So, so yeah, it was cool. All through, all through preschool, I would get um, – because I got real close with my teacher. She would – she, like bring in the Air Force One M&Ms all the time. And yeah, it was cool. But uh, yeah, that was the first day of preschool for me. So I don't really remember a ton. My dad, uh, my dad worked pretty close to downtown. I actually know somebody that worked across the street, not to get like too far down the weeds of 9-11 here that we need to do that. Good. But, uh, but I, I do you on 9-11. But I, oh, the womb. I don't know. I, I always, I, it, it's always, it's always a little different for me being from DC and knowing people that actually saw the plane go into the building and how they have never been able to get over. Like that's, it's, it's always tough. So I, you know, I never really talk about it a lot, but it, uh, it was a very probably different experience for me than a lot of other people. Yeah. Jacob, this is an important job for you as host. You're going to have to somehow, somehow transition this conversation. Just take it back. Take it back. Mr. President. Take it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh baby. Take it away. What a transition. There we go. These guys are great. Trust me. I would know. I introduce all the best segments. <laughs> that was good. All right. Uh, the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides uh, IT solution solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency. And what, Jacob? Productivity. There it is. Casey? Productivity. That's right. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, there is a new premium alkaline water. At what point do we stop calling it new? I don't know if it's new anymore. It is. It, the ad read says new. I don't know if it's new anymore. But it is a premium alkaline water. It's Pawnee. Uh, we thank our, our guys from Pawnee all the time. Pawnee is one of our favorite sponsors, and uh, it is a, a premium alkaline water. It's different from all the other waters you might drink, and it, you can find their website at PawneeWater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com, P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can find it. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Bedfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore. I'm gonna have to get a, a big old box of Pawnee water, so that's all. Well, I need. you can take the pallet. That's take all one I can of those pallets. I'm a loyal, loyal company man. I want to bring my bring from Hamilton to Tuscaloosa. Here's here's what you got to do. You got to go to good old Nikki Sabes and pitch them on Pawnee water as the official water of Alabama football. I'm pretty sure we have a, a pretty sizable deal with Dasani. So, oh, uh, what? I mean, it stinks. Dasani? It stinks. But yeah, we have, we have a Coke. What are you deal. talking about? Gatorade. He puts Coke in front of every press conference. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's Brutal. It's tough. But if, I didn't if realize wants, Dasani was Coke. If Pony wants to match, match the Coke deal money, I'm sure I could talk. We'll see. You just get a water exclusive. Water exclusive we've been. Mm. Casey, do we have the grid ready? Seems like immaculate grid time. Yes, we do. And good news for Elliot, who always cooks on these grids. Yeah, let me run down. The let Reds me. are on it. 
Let me run down this. Ooh, ooh, I, I, got, I got. No, no, no. You can have the Rangers one. I want. I want Detroit, and I want Colorado. I want Colorado. All right, then I'll go Detroit. Well, I want Colorado. Are Who's you, Colorado? I was gonna go Bobby Steve. I was gonna do Mustakas. For Colorado, he, he played for Colorado. He did. That's I've, a good one. That's I've a got, really good I've got, one. I've got a, a guaranteed. Do Fat low Moose. Fat guaranteed for Colorado? Low, for Colorado Reds. Like I'm I, I don't think like, Mustakas will be above five. Like point. I'm talking point like under under a percentage. Hamiltonian. No. Elmer descends. Can we at least do it somebody we know? I don't even want to win the grid. I just want no, to put, put, put Elmer. Wait, put, wait, put wait. Put Elmer. Put in Elmer. We can get Tracy Jones on this grid. We can. Then we have to. Let's go. Did Tracy Jones have a 200K season we don't know about? No, I wanted to do. <laughs> this is ruining Elmer it. Elmer with an E. Descends. Yep. Played till 2010. 0.2. I really would like to know who stocks I'm going to try to figure it out. All right, Elliot. So, or, so put Tracy Jones in there. Put Tracy Jones for Detroit. Detroit and Cincinnati. Ooh, over Big Pasta. <laughs> I I looked Nick Solak. Nick, they didn't give me Nick Solak. Yeah. Point one. Point one percent. Are we uh, gonna do the opposite side of the Josh Hamilton trade for the Reds? Jo- I just looked at Josh Hamilton. He get, he's at thirty four percent. Well, let's do the opposite side. Edison Volquez has to have a very yeah okay have a low percentage. Put I'm, trying, Volquez. I'm still trying to think of somebody else though. At Edison. You can put Edison, though. No, no, no. It's E-D-I-N. There it is. Nice. There it is. 5%. We're not even to 6% yet. For Detroit 200Ks, which Mets pitcher do we want to use? Or neither? Scherzer. Oh, what about, uh, wait, hold on. Let me check one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What about the bird? Go go old school. I feel like people forget Scherzer played that. would say so as well. Let's go Scherzer. Well, wait. Wait. You want a Cy Young there, right? Good. Oh, my God. Tr- try a different one. Try a different one real quick. Yeah, Not, I did one at Cy Young. Like, do a different box because I think I might have a good one. I just got to check and see if it works. Uh, Pirates row. Anybody cook on the Pirates row? Uh, what about a guy like Jason Bay? I know Jason Kendall didn't play for any of those three teams. I'm trying to think of obscure catchers. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Where did Josh Harrison go? Did he go to one of these three teams? All right, I got Detroit. Detroit and 200 strikeouts was uh, Anibal Sanchez. Anibal. He had 202 in uh, 2013. I feel like we cheated for that. Josh Harrison was a Detroit Tiger. Let's do it. I knew it was one of them. There it is. Cincinnati. 3%. Let's go. And he's wearing a Nats hat. Yeah, he's from Cincinnati. Cincinnati and UC. Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison, Pirates, Tigers. His his brother plays in uh, the the softball league out at Rumpke. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. 2011-2023. Is he still playing? Josh Harrison is still playing. That's him. That's him. What percent was that? I can't read. 16. Ah. Mm. Mm. The Rangers. The Rangers have been fairly relevant and still a nothing burger in my lifetime. Did Tulo ever play for? No, he didn't play. No, for... I was, thinking, I was thinking. I was Ian, thinking Rockies. Ian Kinsler never played for the Pirates, did he? Did he? Let's look. Maybe Ian Kinsler. Let me. I don't think. I don't know. Ian yeah. Kins. Did, did he? formerly named Cubs legend Marlon Bird play for both the Rangers and the Pirates? Let's, he check. For the Pirates? Let's he check. Let's Rangers. check. 
Ian Kinsler did not play for Pirates. Damn. I think Marlon Byrd played for the Pirates. He did. Marlon Byrd did there. play for the Pirates. Big time. Let's go. What is it now? Marlon. Yep. Bird. Bird. Oh. Am I not spelling Marlon right? M A R L O N. It's an O at the end. L O N. There it gotcha. Yeah, I threw, Seven I threw percent. out the Mark, Mark Fidrich for uh, the Tigers 200 case. Yeah. He, he threw 260 innings as a rookie and was like second in Cy Young voting. He had like 93 Ks back, back in the 80s, baby. Put the ball in play. Uh, we Elias, need Elias Diaz. I mean, can you be a more – can there be a more irrelevant thing than a Rockies pirate? Yeah, that's a bad one. They're a Rocky with 200K? I mean, like – did, did Ubaldo Jimenez? Put, AJ Wurst says Elias Diaz. We'll go Elias Diaz. E-L-I-A-S. E-L-I-A-S. Diaz. What was that percentage? Ten. It's pretty good. I was going to say, pretty Clint, good. Clint Barmez would have, would have worked there too. Sir Boy says Colby Lewis, 200Ks Rangers. Colby Lewis, C-O-L-B-Y. Thank you, Sir Boy. Thank you, AJ. Oh! Sir Boy with Sir a Boy let us wrong. Sir Boy. I was trying to check it before we put it in there. Oh, Sir Boy. Sir Boy. Sir, you know what? I might snap Sir Boy. Sir Boy, what the hell was that guy? <laughs> Sir Boy. Sir Boy. No. You didn't Sir even, Boy. We didn't Sir even Boy, get time to, to check snapped. it. What, what are we doing? Col turn it off. Oh, Col I mean, that's a Colby Lewis, had, he came up four short in 2010, 196. Did, did Ubaldo... Jimenez get 200Ks for the Rockies. Did Armand Marquez? Put in a Ubaldo Jimenez. U-B-A. He had to. U-B-A. U-B-A. <laughs> Jimenez. Ubaldo Jimenez. 71. Doesn't even matter. 71? Uh-huh. So so he far. was a 71 mm, Brutal. <laughs> I mean, how, scroll down. How many options were Rockies there? have thrown 200Ks in a season? It looked like three. Three. Who are Come they? On. Who are they? Me? Uh, Ubaldo Jimenez. Herman? Yeah. Herman and Pedro. No, I don't know who that is. Hmm. Hmm. Sir Not Boy. immaculate. Not immaculate because of Sir Boy. Thank you, Sir Boy Wonder. Thank you, Sir Boy Wonder, for wow. ruining our day. All right, let's do the football one. Are Ooh. we doing the football one? Are the Bengals, the Bengals on are it? on it. That's the oh, only reason I say that. It's the only reason I say that. Can we just get the that. Bengals section? Yeah, just do the Bengals section. Bengals Steelers, Mike Hilton. Or Larry. James Harrison, Larry Ogunjobi. I think James would be. Larry Ogunjobi will be the lowest percentage. Just because of the name? I don't think people know who he is. Good one. Good Seven. one. Seven percent. Bengal Bear. Andy comes to mind. I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the easy one. Remember when Andy Dalton started against the, the Bengals and was winning the entire game, and then they threw in Justin Fields, and it almost ruined the game for the Bears? Yeah, Joe Burrow threw three interceptions on three straight Ooh, passes. Cedric Benson. I try to forget that. Cedric Benson. Let's Cedric give Sir Boy a chance Sad. to redeem himself. No, Sad. don't put it. If it's from Sir Boy, don't put it. It's Cedric Benson. That's an... Bengals, Colts. Ooh. You want to go Margus Hunt? 39%. Yeah, that's a good one. Mar Margus. G-U-S. 
22. What? Wow. That's crazy. percent of people should not know who Marcus Hunt is, much less guess him on a grid. All right. That well, was your uh, football immaculate grid. grid. Basketball <laughs> grid? I, I don't basketball, like yeah. that. Can we get, can, let's see if we can get one person on the basketball grid. Go over to basketball. It's men's basketball, so does that mean it's like – No, it's uh, the NBA. I don't know if I can get one of these. You can get the whole all NBA. Jordan, Tim Duncan, Chris Jordan. No, no, Jordan didn't play for the Hornets. Jordan just owned the Hornets. Rodman for Bulls, Bulls Spurs. Yeah. What did you say? Rodman for Bulls. Dennis Rodman. Bulls, Wolves, Jimmy. Butler. Yep. (laughs) His dread extensions. Look at that that picture. Look at that picture. Jimmy Butler had dread. No, he put extensions in for Media Day just to stick it to ESPN. That's awesome. ESPN That's great. Devote, uh, when was that? Using a 2K this year. Oh. Before this season, ESPN used a 2K headshot instead of the dreads image for the playoffs. That's funny. Very funny. All right. All right. That's uh, the basketball grid. That's basketball talk. All right. Talking basketball. Talking, talking basketball with the fellas here. Talking basketball you remember, in July. Guys, remember the one time that uh, Tom was taught? It was during the NBA playoffs, and you, you guys did a segment, like a, a brief segment, talking about the NBA playoffs, and Marty came on. And Marty just goes, were you guys talking NBA? What are you, what are you doing? He, wa- he waved Tom off. He's he like, did. what are you doing? Just, total, just gave him the total blow off, man. He's like, were you talking NBA? You have no clue about the NBA. And Tom was like, sure I do. Yeah. And he just, he just waved him Speaking off. Speaking of Marty Brenneman. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. birthday to friend of the program, the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. Happy I'm sure he's watching right now. Happy to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> now we're done. Happy we're- I mean, we had one line left. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. What What now, fellas? What um, now? What do we, we got? Have, we, have the, we have the top 30 chat Jacob, rankings Jacob, waiting in the winds. Jacob, Jacob, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12? Because this is my thoughts. I, I think the Pac-12 is going to end, what do you think, within the next five years? Less. So, okay, so that's eliminated. So then it's just the Big Ten, Big 12, uh, SEC. Is that it? I think it's those three conferences with okay. right around 20 to 25 teams in each. Now, what do you think the landscape of college football would be after that? Because in my opinion, if you just take those three conferences, that's Division One college football. Everything outside of that, that's their own thing. If they want to have their silly little bowls, if they want to have the LSU Potato Bowl and the, and the Arkansas Roadrunner Bowl, if they want to do all of that outside of the Division I college football playoff area of football, that's fine. But I think that's what we, go, that's what we move to. Yeah, I, I do think the Division I is going to shrink considerably when we do these conferences. I, I think there's no real reason to, to keep these – I mean, you talk about it all the time. Anytime you talk about college football, the games don't matter for 95% of the country. If you're not in the top tier of one of the Power Five conferences... That's why it's a bad sport. You, if you're not in the top tier of one of the Power Five conferences, you have no chance at winning a national championship, realistically. If you're not Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and then, like I said the other day, that rotating fifth team. Right. Sometimes it's Michigan, sometimes it's LSU, sometimes it's Oregon. Whoever that rotating fifth team is every year. Notre Dame, maybe if you want to throw them in there every few years. If you're not one of them, what are we doing? And I think conference realignment will help with that. Yeah, I do it, too. It, it did when we realigned before in, I do in too. 2010. And I think it'll help again. We're going to get more competitive schedules with better teams in each conference. Naturally, when you add teams, teams have to go. 
So I think, you know, the Vanderbilts, the Missouris, the Maryland's, the, you know, the, the Rutgers are, are going to leave these Power Five conferences when, because I, I believe the Big Ten's going to add Oregon, Arizona. They've already added USC and UCLA. Stanford and Washington will go as well. And then Utah, Cal, Arizona State will go to the, the Big 12 mm -hmm. and just completely split the meaningful teams in the Pac-12 amongst the Big 12 and the Big 10. What will this, what will this affect with college basketball? Because college basketball has, has always been my favorite sport, it's, or one of my favorite sports. It's Paul's favorite sport, I'd imagine. So I think some of these changes would affect significantly college basketball. The Absolutely. college basketball I don't, under, I don't fully understand why these things have to, have to go hand in hand. I, don't, I, 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 I think there's enough foot money in both football and basketball to where these, these conferences don't have to align with one another. What's like, going to be funny you is be a football team in one conference and a basketball team in another. Notre Dame does it. They're right. independent in football in the ACC for every other sport. What's going to be very funny is when eventually, 10 or 15 years down the road, they just go to everybody's an independent and you're all just playing the best teams and whatever the regular season is, is whoever you get your contracts with. And then after about five years, they're going to say, well, you know, we should probably get back into like – Let's just play geographically, like the teams around <laughs> us. You know, what if we just got a group of teams together and we just played them every year, and then we just do the whole cycle over again? Because that's just, what it's going to. It's just, it's just cyclical. We just get right yeah. back to where we were, just in history repeats itself. I, I have a, an answer that you're not going to like for the college basketball question. Here we go. No one cares. There's not college basketball Paul, has not entered the no fans stop care. Him. Fans care Paul. that college basketball does not enter the conversation in conference realignment not one time. Because football drives the checkbook. They're going to do whatever move to whatever conference makes them the most money, and that is with football as the main priority. It absolutely drives – the NCAA absolutely cares about college basketball. The March Madness is the biggest I, money maker they have. The NCAA is not realigning the conferences the individual teams are. But the NCAA has to step, in, step, in, step their foot in at some point, right? I do not think they will. Really? I don't think they will because you're going to get the big games anyway. You're just sacrificing – you know, the, the rivalries per se in college basketball, which they will not do in football. Rivalry week is, is massive for college football, revenue-wise, ratings-wise, everything. They will not sacrifice those rivalries. So the natural progression is to sacrifice college basketball to get better conferences across the board. Interesting. I don't – but I kind of agree with Reed that – and like Jacob said, Notre Dame does it. The conference thing – college football right now, with, I, with the way NIL works, with the way the sport is completely changing in college, that should be its own thing. It should football. have nothing. It should have nothing to do with the soccer program, the basketball right. program. Right. It, it's it's the NFL for twenty one year olds. Right. Right. Like Ohio State should be in a conference with Alabama, Georgia, and stuff like that for football, and then the rest of the sports play in the Big Ten or whatever. But for for football itself, it's such a money maker that these teams should should just have a mega conference, a super conference, and that's just they don't have to go hand in hand. But well, will, but yeah. if you do that, will you lose the fan base? Um, if you if you make college football the NFL, which is what you're trending it to be, yeah. will you lose the fan base that loves college football? Um, I think so. I mean, I know the rest of this room, other than maybe Casey, isn't really big college football guys. In general, I, I love the sport. I watch every game every weekend. It, I don't want it to be the NFL. I don't want two conferences. I don't want You don't want to have parity. the potential to lose a game exactly. every once in a while. You like, want to win every game. I, I, I think part of the, the glory of college football, part of the beauty of college football is that the marquee matchup between the top two teams in the nation happens one time. You're waiting the whole year for one game. You get to the playoff, you get one game. Do you under Do you understand why we think that that's silly that that they play one meaningful game all all season long? Yeah. I understand the gripe. That's crazy. I, I don't. Just I don't. It's. I don't I mean, have an issue with it. 
I mean, it's it's essentially like I used to say about UC basketball. I, when they're in the Big 12, it's going to be so much more fun this year for them because every game you're going to be excited to sit down and watch. Ohio State fans get excited for like three games a year. Yeah. You, you're an Ohio State fan. You're not getting excited when they're playing Maryland. You're going to watch, but you're not like, dude, big game this week, exciting game this week. With our history against Maryland, maybe. But You're just going to sit down there and you're just going to go, all right, well, we're going to win by three scores. Right. And that's that. That's not fun. That's not fun for anybody. Yash, yeah, I mean, I, I disagree. Yash, I, I have more fun during college football season than ever. And Yash, in the, Yash in the chat says bowl games matter. Let me tell you, brother, they don't. Nothing matters less in any sport ever than a bowl game, except for not Los the, Angeles not, sports. Not the powers, not the not the power bowls or whatever they call them, the the six bowls, the New Year's six. New Year's six. I'm talking about like the Idaho Potato Bowl. That bowl literally means nothing to no one. I, again, I can you, I, I disagree with every time you, you say it. Can you imagine all the bowl games are at some tropical place, yeah, some warm? They basically place. are. Almost all of them are, and you get picked to go to the Fenway Bowl. In yeah. the middle or of Detroit, December. like the <laughs> gotta go to yeah, Motor, City. Motor City Bowl. Gotta go, gotta go play outside in Boston, Massachusetts in December when everyone else is playing in Jamaica. That's yeah. that's terrible. No, that's rough. The the, the uh, Conference USA team that goes 6-6 six and six every year and gets rewarded with the Bahamas Bowl is the luckiest team in the country, and I stand by that. There's nothing like those those low-tier bowls in tropical islands. It's, it's the best place to be. And those bowl games drive revenue. I mean, you talk about why the other sports should care about football because football is what keeps the lights on for everything other than men's basketball. I mean, that's the brutal reality of the situation. None of those other sports no, that's true. exist without football. That's correct. And we saw it in 2020 when, when non-conference games were squashed in the SEC. We were supposed to play Kent State that year. 65% of Kent State's athletic budget came from their three non-conference games that, last year. And that's their athletic budget for every sport. Now, I obviously don't yeah. know the numbers you know, for everything, but it seems like most of those minor schools rely on playing these big schools in these multi-million dollar buy games to even keep the lights on in their facilities and taking that away for, you know, the Georgia and the Florida every right. week and Ohio State playing USC and, you know, whatever else, that just kneecaps the rest of college football. Yeah, that's actually – I mean, people say that point, but it just finally hit home. It's, it's, if these conferences go away, if, if these teams aren't playing, aren't getting their brains kicked in by Ohio State, Alabama, and stuff like that, what happens to the rest of the athletic right. programs – because they're not getting that big check, because they're not in the, the league, because they're not getting that money from the from the conference, because of how much money it drives in from from football alone. That, that's that's actually a valid point. Still doesn't doesn't do anything to, to help the competitive nature of the sport. And, and that's fair. And the, that's the other thing for bowl games as well. Winning those quote unquote meaningless bowl games usually is accompanied by a very large sum of money for your university. Correct. So it does matter on the back end of things. But to say, like, people get up in the morning and watch an, a, a season of college football so they can watch their team playing the Toyota Alligator Louisiana Super Bowl, I, it's just not what people care about. They don't. Despite what you think, and will I watch them? Absolutely I will. I'm a sports fan. I bet on them. Bedford Sports, greatest sports book known to man. I'm not saying that aspect, Jacob, but to say in the large scheme of the sport it matters, it, they do not. Like, you don't put – if you put a – if you see – Put a banner up of the Belk Bowl, you would make fun of it. You would make oh, fun of it. Absolutely. So they don't matter. People laugh at you when you participate in these bowls. That's why nobody does it. Hang a banner. Hang a banner of the Belk Bowl? What are we doing? You don't, the Hawaii Bowl? I don't give a shit. 
So if you go down the line with these bowl games, does it matter in the back end? One million percent. It helps the school. It helps fund every sporting event. Yeah, they matter. But when I watch a season, I'm not going for co – if college basketball played, I'm only watching this season if, if, if for in the, in the conference game of the big swack for whatever two teams play in the championship game. It just doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I get that from the sense of the fans, but I do think the players care. I think the players understand they're not playing for a national championship. Absolutely you, you need to get Absolutely to a bowl game and win a bowl game. So thinking about it that way. But I, but I think it's – Wait, I have a question though, genuinely. Genuine, Sling, our way genuine question. How, if you are a college football player that is playing for Toledo and you go into the season knowing that you cannot win a national championship. Correct, Paul. How do you motivate yourself? What are you That's talking? not the goal. What are you talking about? You think my you think Miami basketball players go into the season going yes. like, let's win a national championship? Yes, yes. No, I do. do. Yes. You have no, to. They don't. You, no, yes. they don't. No, they don't. You have any rational human being. This is wrong. Any rational human being goes into the season with realistic expectations, and maybe they're not even realistic. But you say, let's win the conference. No, that's no. what they're going yes. for. That's what they're in going for. Making, the, play, no making the tournament no, college, in college. Ohio. In Ohio. People at yeah. DePaul do not go into the season going, we Didn't can Ohio win. did Ohio make We're a gonna... Final Four? I mean, you at least give yourself a chance. Yeah, look at this past year. You think those you think those kids at FAU went into the season not at least thinking, hey, we got something here? No, I, I don't they, think I don't anyone think at FAU, FAU thought they FAU could win a national ever, championship. Until they got to the tournament, ever thought about the national championship. That's wrong. I, I, yeah, I, I, think think that. that. I think that's wrong. If they are thinking wrong. about the national championship, they wouldn't have made it there because that's Col an outlandish goal to have. College, yeah. college I baseball has it. That. College basketball have it. Every, every other, every other part of college sports has a chance for any team of any conference to make a championship. College football is the only one that doesn't. It's the only one. I, if I, you've ever played athletics, you don't, you don't, right. you don't sit down. No, no, no. I'm not saying that Miami kids go into the season expecting to win the national championship. I'm asking, how do you motivate yourself when you know that there is no goal to reach your highest level at your sport? That. You're because not you're not for playing that. for that. That's not your goal. That's yeah, simply is, not your That's goal. What are you talking about? Your, your motivation is to win the league. To beat your rivals, you're talking your conference. You're, 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 your conference. you're telling me the Xavier, 100%. the Xavier Musketeers and UC Bearcats, they start these seasons thinking, oh, let's just win the conference, and then after that, they matters. have a chance. They have a chance. This is, then this is wrong. Then the whole argument skewed because you absolutely have a chance if you're FAU to win a national championship. They literally, quite literally, they had it. They FAU, had the but chance. that doesn't mean they had that that's expectation. That's not their goal. And they definitely that's not their, did not. That's that was not, not their, their expectation. Goal. Yeah. You're right. That is a hundred. That, that is not. Their Paul didn't say it's their expectation. He said there's a chance. I'm just you go into the season with the with the hope, the chance in a perfect world, in a perfect scenario. If you win, in all a perfect, asking, in a perfect world, you see made the playoff. He's asking yourself, how do you motivate yourself? Because if you win the championship, because if you that's win, not how you motivate yourself. No, you don't no, motivate no, no. yourself saying we you, can win the national championship. If they win, win all their games, if you win all your games in college basketball, you go to the tournament. But that's not how you motivate yes, yourself. Yes, it is. That's the, crazy, Elliot. If you don't think, all right. You, got, you have to be a little delusional, if, though. You have to no, go. You have to trick yourself into thinking that you are playing for something. Paul, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're playing, playing, you're playing, playing for, something. for something. It's just not a national it's championship. It's a conference championship. Okay, take away the national championship thing. They're absolutely playing for the tournament. Right, you guys correct. play for the tournament. That, that is, gives them the avenue to play for a championship. You don't have the avenue in college football. You don't get that. There's four teams, and if you're not in the power but conference, you're at, you're, you mean nothing. You're acting like these kids are playing for a national championship, and you're taking that opportunity away from them. That's none of their goal. 
None of these kids right. in group of five conferences are playing for a national championship. Correct. You're playing play, for a you're bowl right. game. You're, you're playing right. for a you're conference. That's what their you're motivation you're is. Right. What are you're, we talking about? You're supposed to play for the opportunity to play for a national championship. In college basketball, you are given that chance. If you win all of your games in college basketball, you go into the season, no matter who you are. If you're Chicago State or whatever the hell it is, if you go into that season winning your conference tournament, if you go in winning all of your games, you're going to make the tournament. You're going to give yourself a chance. If you win all your games in college football, you do not have a chance. The C, that's a horrible comparison because the college basketball season not. is three times as long as college football. Listen. That, that, and I would also like to add to this argument that what teams have actually gone undefeated in the, in the college football? UC like, made the playoffs the, yeah, as a UC's group of five teams that UC's went undefeated. UC is like one of the And they still didn't control ones, their destiny. They didn't control their destiny that because year. Because you and only played 12 games. State, if Oklahoma State wins, UC is not in the playoffs. Because you only played 12 games. The, the, if you play Oregon, if you play forty games, then maybe you can get you, those bad teams in. But you can't play a twelve game horrible schedule against no competition and expect to have the same shot. The problem I have with the argument that we're currently having is it isn't the merit of college football or college basketball. The problem I have it is an absolutely ludicrous assertion to think that Toledo has nothing to motivate themselves. Toledo football they just because they I mean, cannot win the national championship that is crazy. You, if you've ever played athletics, you, there's more motivation than just like the, the championship in your brain is we're Toledo Rockets. We want to be the best team in the MAC. That's the motivation. To think that there's only one goal in sports is everything that's wrong with amateur sports. Then, and when you get to professional, yeah, there's truly only one goal. Actually, you know what? There's not Forget even it. professional teams that think they can win the Super Forget Bowl this it. year. Yeah, we yelled at Tom up here because he said it is the, the, the Reds should absolutely, if they don't win the NLCS, then, then what's the season worth? That's a ludicrous assertion. You're basically saying the same thing. Anything short of a no. national championship is not worth it. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm saying it doesn't give people the opportunity. Doesn't doesn't give teams. You're right. The you're not motivated by that opportunity. If you're the not, only thing that motivates you is an opportunity that's to win a national what, championship, you shouldn't play college sports. That's college how sports. I'm, I'm fighting with the, the fact that Paul said, "How do you how do you tell yourself? How do you motivate yourself to compete when you can't win a national championship? No one that goes to any of the like. I truly don't believe that the majority that uh, Fairly Dickinson got up in the morning. On before the first game of the season and said, let's win a national championship. We're that's not, that's no, not, that's not what I'm saying, that's not though. The they know that going into the season that they have a chance to do that. But I don't think that ever enters their mind. Yes, it does. Oh, dude. yeah, it does. Give me a yeah, it 100% does in basketball. 1,000% does. Give me a Long Island U. 1,000% because you're seeing it more and more now. That's the you look We're at, seeing those teams win no national championships? No 14th or 16th seed thinks about winning a national championship at any point. Well, nobody's debating the, the national championship. We're saying the, the avenue to get to the national championship is the tournament. People absolutely think about the tournament. There's no tournament. Yeah, to get to the tournament. Play. How do you get to the tournament? You win your conference. That's the goal. Okay, well, then you still have – you can have multiple goals in a year. No one below – I don't know, probably a 10 seed has the goal of winning a national championship at the beginning of the year. It's winning a conference. Nobody is arguing the national playoff. championship thing anymore, though. I, that's where that's where this well, argument's that's, lost. Well, that's, because well, that's, nobody's well, that's what that's I'm arguing. Because you guys said, how do you motivate yourself to be an You're athlete to compete so many other if you things. can't win the national championship? I said, there's a billion ways to motivate yourself. That is that is absolutely crazy to think that the only way you can motivate yourself as an athlete is because you think you can win a national championship. No, of course you want to do your best. That's not what I'm saying. Guys well, out there still want to boost their personal stats. That's what I'm arguing. I'm saying that there is no chance ever. There's no if they did everything right. If, if, if every call, if every Mac team did every single thing right, if they won every game by 30, 
They are not in the playoff. If Toledo, they are not. If Toledo goes 12-0 and wins every MAC game by 30, and LSU goes 11-1, and losing one game to Alabama, you think Toledo deserves a spot? That's what you're saying? No, I'm saying that... I, I, no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not possible. And it shouldn't be, because the season's shorter. It's just... It, it just this, is, this, is a, this is a debate that I'll never understand the other side of. So, to, say, to say college basketball players think that they don't have a chance to win a championship is crazy. I think it's crazy to say the other way. They have the avenue. I I think think they they do have it. They have the avenue. I I just don't think that it ever enters their mind. I don't, I don't, I mean like, in, in, in Loyola, Chica- Loyola, Chicago has made several once Final get, Fours. Once you get there, sure. Once you're once you're starting to several. win, but when you start the season, when you're competing yourself, when you're getting ready, gearing up for the season, it never once does the coach. I, I, I just, I maybe maybe he does. That's wrong. But That's I just wrong. Don't think the teams are going back in the locker room and be like, we're going to win that. We, we we can win a national championship. Sure, you go game by game basis. You go season by season basis. That's not what motivates that, you as an athlete. You, 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 go, you take it one step at a time, but the end goal is for every single college basketball team, every single one of them, the end goal is to make the NCAA tournament. That is the goal of every single program in college basketball. Right. When you're, Winning your every conference. Single, how do you do that? Every how do you do that? Winning your how conference do you do that? Is, yeah. How do you do that? Winning the conference. That's the goal for every college Boom. Boom. That's, 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 that's not that's the point at what all. That's what they're that's trying to compete for. You're complaining First, about motivation. This is, I, I mean, I, I, I can't help anybody anymore. I mean, to say college football players can't be motivated because they don't have a chance to win a national championship is absolutely ludicrous. Because why would they play? Right. Why? 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 For tuition why? dollars, so they can pay, pay for their. What sport? about the many, many walk-ons? Yeah. At countless, so they, countless so, schools. So they can play the sport they love. So they're not, they're not motivated though. They're motivated. Okay. They're, they're motivated. That's, that's all we were arguing here. Boom. But all we were arguing is motivation. I, I just don't understand that. Like, I just would. Like, I, give, me, give me a chance to win something. Paul. Win your conference. Win a bowl game. Win your conference. Paul. What does that matter? Winning your conference. What do you mean? You get a ring. You get a banner at the school. Paul. You, your name will be remembered at that school. Your team will be, your name will be Paul, remembered at that school. True, That's what you're competing Paul, for. Paul, true or false, every single college basketball program has the end goal of making the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yes. 100%. Every and how do they do that? Right. By winning their conference. Well, I don't even know what you're arguing. There's multiple goals in a season, Reed. You don't just end it at the national championship. Oh, we, Paul, we lost. Paul we failed. Asks, how do you com- how do you how do you motivate yourself as because there's no goal. There's no there's no. We're just in the conference. You, you keep saying that we we have goals here to win the conference. Paul's saying if the end goal, the final goal of your season, is to win a conference that doesn't matter, that's where the issue is. You're the only one saying it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. The, the no, college, I would agree the, with that. The every, college, every player, every coach, every fan of those schools. The college football right. committee says it doesn't matter every single year. It doesn't matter to make the playoff. That is not their goal. You're, you keep arguing <laughs> it as if their goal is to win a national championship. and That's so far on the back. But if you hit a dead end, if you here, – here's the thing. If you are one of those mid-level college football players – where your end goal gets to the very end of the season and you do everything, you have checked every box that on the whiteboard at the beginning of the season, on day one of two-a-days, your coach put on the whiteboard and said, here's what we want to do, and the last box is a conference championship and you check that off and you can't do anything beyond that like you could in it's any other sport. It's an incredible season. It's an incredible accomplishment. Oh, man. Win your bowl game. Get more money for your school. Oh. Enshrine yourself more in the history get a, of your Get a ring. Get a banner oh, at your school. Get remembered what, at your school for forever. Get the fans that you have for yeah. this program. Get them excited. Sports are so much bigger than a national championship. And we, we all hammered Giannis when he said it was an embarrassment right. when they didn't win the championship. It's the same thing. Can I, can I also enter in this argument, too? Some of those players on those lower schools aren't just playing for their school. They're playing for their careers. Right. 
Like they're trying to just be the best player that they can be to get drafted. That is true. That, that's I will give you that. That is and, true. And, and not, especially now in the transfer portal, there are a lot of players that are going to these smaller schools and treating correct. it like the minor leagues. I you're, get that I, now. You're trying I, to I get that. I agree. Quite literally every single undefeated team has made it into the college football playoff. 100%. Not UCF. UCF was undefeated. Yeah, UCF. And they did not make it. But when? they shouldn't have. When? Because... 2017. Yeah, when they claim their national, when they claim the national championship. Every undefeated See, college football team to win the national championship since 1930. No, 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 that's, no, that's, no, 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 that's, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, Casey. Yeah, but there, yes. there, there is a ton of teams that go undefeated. Like that, that I feel like that argument is the is, other thing that I'm, needs to be touched on is UC won 12 games, didn't make the playoff, lost to Georgia. They came back the next year and they did it again. They proved they belonged, and what did they get? an opportunity to play for a national championship. And then after that, what happened, they moved to the Power Five where they have an even better opportunity to compete for a championship. I don't know how many times Listen, I'm the, they didn't control their destiny. I'm the hardest. They shouldn't have. They're changing they the whole to. format, too. Like, it's been forever that it's been one whole game. the argument because you said you don't deserve to. You, you don't, don't play a hard schedule. Listen, listen, I'm the hardest critic of college football in this room, I think. I think I I, I think I, I don't I don't watch it a whole lot because I don't, I don't like how they don't play many very competitive games. And you guys are absolutely right in the fact that besides about eight teams, there's no chance, there's no chance for any of these teams to, to really win a national championship. I just have a, an incredibly hard time agreeing with, with your guys' uh, hypothesis, I guess, You're, that the only way that you can give credence to a season is by winning a national Nobody championship. Nobody said that. Or having no. the opportunity. No. Nobody yeah, having the opportunity, that. and that's a massive difference. But there's, that's Paul, a massive difference. about something that will never happen in this sport because but, of the way that it is played, because they can only play 12 weeks because it is an incredibly gruesome yeah, and physical but, game. Well, the 12 the weeks game, thing is going to get thrown out when we add, what, yeah, eight more teams to the playoff. You can't, play a 64 team, you can't play a 64-team playoff. Yeah. Less so games I, just don't, I guess I just don't know what we're – we're arguing about you, 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 you become an athlete, you give yourself motivation and you, you check that final box of these are the goals we want to get. And when you hit them, incredible season, that's what they're, let every, which I don't know, this may be what they're going to do. I think it is what they're going to do, but I could be wrong. It's no, it's a, it's a fact. It's hundred percent. Not what they're going to do. Let every conference winner in the playoff. It is. It is. Every, so every power five, not every conference winner. That's every heinous. conference winner. Absolutely every conference not. winner. God, no, that, that, that's you, you, let them five, in. The power five conferences get in. Yeah. Then you have two the next two to highest yes. on whatever. No qualifier. Yeah. The highest non power five team. Yes. And then you have four more wild card spots. Okay. So why do you want the Mac champion in the playoff? But Give see, them a this, shot. This, I don't, is, this I mean, is this is where it's ridiculous. like if you're a fan of Ohio State and Alabama, if you're a fan of a, of, a, of a big conference school, you don't see the argument. But it's no, like, but the, the it, it's, so I'm not a fan. You have it's to care about sport. more than a national championship. I'm not saying that's the only thing they care about. I'm saying that at the end of the day, everybody wakes up in the morning. They're like, "Oh, I think if we play our best, I do think there's a road, there's an avenue to show people that we are the best." I don't, the think, difference, though, I don't think a Toledo Rocket football player that wins that that is the quarterback of a team that goes, you know, eleven and one wins their wins their league title. I don't think he's going home at the end of his season and going, "Man, I really wish we had a chance for the national championship." I don't think that. No. I think that he they are they they the the thing about checking every box that Paul brought up and like, yes, that's an incredible season. I think that they understand that's the sport. I understand, they understand that those are the motivations and they play it because of that. I can and see there's, and, and the, the argument that, 
they have to have a chance to win a national championship is it's never going to happen in this sport because of the way that the sport is played. Yep, it is so gruesome. You have to go week by week. You can't play 30 games. You can't have a 64-team playoff because we can't ask amateurs to play 20 games in a season. So what are we getting to? The less yeah, games you I play, are, the more important strength of schedule is. I'm already against college football because I think that there are so many games that don't matter. But to sit here and, and, and argue because we're not giving Ohio University a chance to win the national championship is ludicrous because it's just never going to happen because it can't happen because the way that the sport is played, the way the, that it is set up. There's five players on a basketball team that start. And then you got a sixth, seventh, maybe. You got some extra depth there. So maybe a max of 10 players that ever see the court. There's 22 plus on a football team. So the, the talent pool, just like you're saying, like there's no there's no reason that Toledo should ever expect to have any sort of talent level to compete with Alabama on any given year. It's just not going to happen. Okay, and we've spent enough time on this topic, so I, I concede that lower schools don't matter. Jacob, go ahead. It's 11:48. Seems oh, like it's time for it. chat rankings. Oh. <laughs> just go ahead. I'm going to power through. I'm going to power through. Go ahead. No, no. No, no, I had to go to the bathroom. Just go ahead. Oh. Well, we got full screen. We so have full screen go. graphics, Paul, so good news for you. How do you, how do you want to start this, Jacob? Well, I think we start with 30. All right. Gentlemen, it's the moment you've been waiting for. The top 30 chat power rankings of, of my time here. Of the summer. Of the summer. At 30, we have our dear friend, White Sammy Sosa. He popped in and out of the chat there for a good month or so. He was fun. He was a good addition. Was it Elliot? Was it Elliot? I think nope. we need to know. Nope. Hand on the Bible, it's not Elliot's burner? That's correct. It's I not still have a feeling. Nor do I have a burner. Okay. Now that I don't believe for a second. You have to have a burner in this chat. I do not. Moving on to 29 is Yash. I love Yash. He's been a great addition to the chat, but he was such a late ad in the summer. I didn't feel like I could put him any higher on the list since this is a body of work rankings. But Yash has had an absolutely unbelievable couple weeks with us in the chat. Number 28 is Jordan Earhart. I was let in on, on a little news. Jordan Earhart's been here for a long time. He has been. He, he's, he's one of the OGs. We always appreciate that. Jordan Earhart always adds some greatness to the chat, some great points. Mike Ackley was nice enough to come to Red's Night on the riverboat. Got to meet Mike Ackley. Wonderful kid. Slides in at 27. Jordan Battle's number. And at 26, rounding out the first slide here is Blackmore 1964. Blackmore's a fun time. Blackmore's been here since about my first day. We went back through the chat. He was here consistently. He was here every day for about two months. He's faded off here in the last couple weeks, but he's been good. What's his name mean? I don't know. No idea. Blackmore, if you're here, let us know. Not even the slightest idea. We move on to 25 with RM. I would love to know what RM stands for. It's not Reed Mouse. It's not Reed Mouse. I assumed as much. But RM, the space in between the R and the M, no periods, no punctuations, beautiful. It's always great to see RM pop up in the chat. 24, we have the second M. Fred. Fred M. Fred M's laser eyes, Forrest Gump picture probably could have got him a little higher on this list. But I love Fred M. He's a wonderful addition. Jolly Jolly at 23. Love Jolly Jolly. Jolly Jolly picks up his sword and shield and fights for West Coast sports. And you got to respect that. Love Jolly Jolly too. also provided a wonderful lunch. He did. Jolly, Jolly's root beer stand is, is a staple here in Hamilton. It's incredible. They it's brought incredible. a gallon of that root beer. It was fantastic. That root beer was unbelievable. Yeah. 21 and 22, we have two food friends. 
fried bacon or fried bologna and I like bacon. <laughs> I mean, that, get, a chuckle, get a chuckle out of me anytime I see those names in the chat. Love those two. Fried bologna's weird text nature yeah, he, with his username. It's Cam Newton-esque. And I, mm. I always have fond memories <laughs> of, of the 2015 Cam Newton MVP season. So mm. a lot of love for fried bologna. Here we get into the top 20 where we have AJ the worst. AJ, AJ, oh, oh, no. AJ oh, no. Oh, no. the worst to me. AJ the worst has been a consistent contributor to this chat, and he absolutely deserves to be on the list. But he is the worst. <laughs> He's the worst. But he cracks the top 20. I love AJ. Thank you for all the support. Do you love AJ? I don't yeah. think you do. You can't have a last name, last name worse and expect me to do anything else. All right. 19 CJ Elfers. Again, an everyday contributor. Man comes in. Puts on his hard hat and gets to work in the chat. <laughs> Mr. Mo touched on Mr. Mo earlier today. If the Mo's for Moeller, it's not good. But it's you for said Morgan. Morgan. It's for Mr. His name's Morgan. I can get behind Mr. Morgan. Okay. Elliot knows a little about a little bit about a Morgan, right? Joe. Morgan. Joe. Oh, see, I continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Love Mr. Mo. He was another late addition, but he's been here every day, adding some great, great stuff to the chat. 17, Excalibur Iron Force. That's another name I would love an explanation. <laughs> like Blackmore 1964. Um, I would love an Excalibur Iron Force explanation, but no complaints about him. Roger Straz is Mr. All Caps. We have a lot of All Caps guys in the chat. Roger Straz lives in All Caps. There he goes again. Thanks, Big Jake. Go Bama in All Caps. Roger Straz, wonderful, wonderful voice that you always see. That all cap sticks out. We might get annoyed with the spam every now and then, yep. but that all cap sticks yeah, out. Yeah, it does. If you want to be heard, that's the way to do Roger, it. Roger, I love you. AJ, AJ Worse has commented on his rankings. He said, thank God you're leaving. Well, AJ, that's why you're 20. <laughs> <laughs> Here we get to the 15. With 15 is another very late addition, but his activity outside of the show on Twitter with all of us, Yep. you know, his interactions... Outside of the chat. A Buckeye. Absolutely wonderful. A Buckeye. A man after my own heart. Yep. We talk about the Ohio State receiving room often. Love me some Mark Fetters. Number 14 we haven't seen in a while. But boy, oh boy, was his prime his prime. Man, nobody lived in that two-week stretch better than Drew Garrison. I mean, Drew Garrison, I don't yeah. know what his job is, what that paycheck looks like, but half of it had to be in Super Chats. I love Drew. From, Drew is my guy. From off the bench to Chatterbox Reds, that man had a constant stream of money. Coming in in Super Chats, and we appreciate that. He's one of the greats. Number 13, Spirit Cat. I love the real Spirit Cat. I love the Spirit real Spirit Cat. Cat. We got to meet him in person too, Jacob. Of he's, course. He, he's, uh, he gave us these. I don't know if we've ever showed these off. These were – he gave us a set of these. Hang on, I don't gonna, know if we can yeah, – yeah, yeah, show I'm Jacob. Gonna, I'm going to show Jacob. Show Jacob. We got a we – got we Wonderful a, coaster set. These coasters. Nice. He made them for nice. us. Hand-etched Chatterbox Sports logo. Wow. Truly wonderful. Truly wonderful. After Spirit Cat is David Brown. There was some backlash in this theater when I had David Brown in my top 15 and I didn't like it. I like David Brown. David Brown is a ball knower. David Brown knows what's up. David Brown wants to trade Jonathan India. David Brown also wants to trade Alexis Diaz, which, which knocked him down a couple spots. But I love me some David Brown. He's always coming after Elliot on Twitter. Well, nobody, nobody hates Jonathan India more than this guy. This guy despises him. Absolutely despises Jonathan India. He was the first one. He was before Evan. He was before Evan. He was before Jacob. He wanted, you know what? He wanted Jonathan India gone before he got to Florida. That's how. That's how bad this guy Nathan or no, who was it? David, David Brown, Brown hates. You don't even know who you're yelling about. That's true. 
Continue on. <laughs> Love David Brown. And number 11, Nathan Wines. Because he sits in that chat and he whines about soccer all day, every day. Yeah, he does. And I appreciate any man who cares about a sport as much as he cares about soccer. So if he'll continue to fight for soccer, he'll continue to be high on my list. Nathan Hines comes in at number 11. We love you in the chat every day. Now we get to the top 10, and the top 10, the top 10 is where we really gotta crack our knuckles and get serious. PB's ghost slides in at number 10, and PB and I have had, have had our disagreements in the chat for sure. But PB's here every day. He's just had that back surgery, keeping prayers up for PB. I don't know if I've seen him in the chat today, but but I love, I always, love PB's He's always ghost. singing songs. Well, P PB is, I think, the originator of one of the one of the reoccurring jokes in the chat, and that is making fun of whatever I'm wearing. <laughs> he, 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 was the first, he was the first one to bring that up. PB is also Mr. Emoji. He loves that zebra emoji. He loves those song tune emojis. Loves, loves it. <laughs> I, love, I love me some PB's ghost. At number nine, one of my personal favorites, USA veteran retired. No matter what he has on his plate, no matter if it's 10.15 or 11.45, he's popping in this chat. He's giving us a big salute and asking how our day's going. He's dropping a nugget or two of information. Gotta love USA Vet Retired. Thank you for your service. Thank you for partaking in our show every day. We salute we you. We salute the, you. We salute you for the we summer. We salute you. Number eight, Brian B. cracks the top ten. Brian B. Gotta love Brian B. There was a point this summer where I thought Brian B. was going to be my least favorite chatter. Because he would just, he was, I forget what he was negative about, but he was negative about it for about a two week stretch. And then he has become slowly one of my favorite humans of all time. Brian B., I love you. He's a big proponent of the snap. He loves when I snap people. So, Brian, we love you. You we are well deserving of a top 10 Any spot. Any man that's as power hungry as you are deserves a spot in the top 10. That's correct. Bri Brian B., also, he, he, he's woke on Evan Marr. Is he? He, he, thinks, he thinks Evan's Nick Kirby's burner. Oh, Ooh. in human form? I get Evan exists, so we have met Evan. We, we know Evan is a real person. <laughs> All right, so after Brian B, we get to Elliot Sucks. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm just reading the chat. Chad Ooh. Waits at seven. Mm. <sighs> poor attempt of stand up comedy. I was really poor. I was a bad, that's what a bad stand up comedian does. That's how he transitions it. I think this is a bad ranking. I think Chad Waits sucks. Chad Waits <laughs> is an easy number two in, in Super Chat Money Given. So right. he, he has to be up there. That no, means, I'll, I'll, I'll match it. That man's I'll putting match food it. on the table. Got I'll match Waits. it and I'll up it by $1. Chad Waits has unequivocally the best Twitter picture out of all of our chat guys. <laughs> yeah, you got to love Chad Waits. Maybe I should have put him in the top five just to get that picture up there. <laughs> Anyways, moving to number six, the man that keeps this show on the tracks. Yes. Natty Ron, we thank you for all you do. You fight. We talk about the casino for two hours. You fight. We talk about mascots for two hours. You fight. He liked the mascots. Did talk. he? He said it was the funniest, well, funniest he, skit of the show. I think he hated that college football segment. I'm pretty sure he, he just said enough. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Well, Natty Ron, we love you. We thank you for everything you do for this program, keeping us on track. And now we get serious. Now we're in the top five of the summer. Casey, number five. Number five is Alex Wallace. A wall. Let's go, Wallace. Alex Wallace. Let's go, Let's go Alex. Chat. Hamiltonian. I, I talked to Alex Wallace maybe more than anyone at Chatterbox Reds Night. What a wonderful human being. A Hamiltonian, a man of the city we reside in. Truly, truly deserving of a top five spot. Number five, it. Alex Wallace. Is right he now. in the chat he today? He is not. He said before the show that it would take a minute and he was going to be at work today and then he'll find out after the show, but he said he'll check back. Okay, good. Number four, our dear friend Everett Henry. One of my personal favorite chatters. He is number four. I love Everett. 
He slides into number four. He's here every day. Did he miss a day this summer? I don't think so. I don't know if he missed a day this summer, but Everett, Everett Henry, I, you know what? He, he shows up to the ball field every single day. He, he's going to bat right around 300. He's going to get it in base about 37% of the time. He's going to slug. He's going to hit a couple home runs. Not a 40 home run guy, but Enough. You know, every day you're happy he's batting right in the middle of your lineup. I don't fully think Everett likes me a whole lot, but I respect Everett. I think he's a great guy. We still have plans to golf at some point. So Everett's my guy. Can I beat him by eight strokes? Probably not. Everett, well-deserving. Well-deserving well, at number Ever- four. Everett did make one bad move this summer, and that was he got out of the mulch game, and he's, he put rocks in his bed so he didn't have any more weeds. Mm. Uh, you got you to keep the mulch going. Looks Mul- mulching is He hates brutal. golf leagues, so I love him. <laughs> hates golf leagues. Man after Paul's heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love you, Everett. That's the first head on the summer of 2023, Chatterbox Mount Rushmore. Let's see the second one, Casey. The there he is. Whoa. Mr. Hamilton. This is a drop. This is a drop. At number three. Now, many people might be saying, how is Mousecop number three? He should be number one. Mousecop is number three. I don't know where Mr. Hamiltucky would fall in the list. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they do seem like two different They, they seem like two. One, one just berates Reed on a daily basis. Let me ask, if if, if Mousecop didn't change his name to Mr. Hamiltucky, could he have been number one? Because this... Right now, we've, we haven't had Mouse Cop for two weeks or so. Mouse Cop was locked in. Mouse Cop had a Shohei Otani season. Shohei Otani gets traded to the, to the National League or the American League at the deadline. Uh, he's still going to win MVP because his front half of the year was so good. That's player yeah. formerly known as Mouse Cop. I, I love Mouse Cop shtick. I truly do. Not all the times, but I mostly do. Um, him saying today that I'm the reason that Joe Burrow got hurt, hurt a little bit. <laughs> I, I bleed for the I bleed for the Bengals for the. Hoops. Hey, look, he's there. Back. We go. Well, we love Mousecop. He comes in at number three for me. It was a pleasure to meet him as well. He was he's he's here every day and he puts work in. Before we get to the top two, can you just give a quick little shout out to OJ, your best friend? OJ <laughs> does come in second to last on the rankings. Who's last? Reed Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> on to number two. Evan Maurer. I know a lot Let's of you guys go. thought that Evan was going to be first. Evan Let's and go. I have got along very, very well since day one. Evan and I have been sword and shield to trade Jonathan India for a bag of chips since the day I met him. And I love Evan. Evan and I talk a lot outside the show on Twitter, and he's just been a wonderful, wonderful add to the friendship circle. I, I love Evan. Evan, Evan, the thing I like about Evan is, is he lets you know when he's right. Oh, yeah. He makes sure you know that he was right. And when the news came out that Jonathan India was on the trading block, I've never seen a victory lap taken greater than Evan's Generational victory lap. Generational. Generational. I sat and watched a Reds game with Evan. Zach and I went to a game last, I don't know if it was last Wednesday or the Wednesday before, went to the Reds game. Evan texted me. He's like, where you at? Let's meet up. I met up with him like in the fourth inning or so. We watched the rest of the game with him. Fifth inning. Evan's my guy. Evan, Evan... I would like to know, Evan, you can answer in the chat while we move on here. Are you going to take a bigger victory lap when Jonathan India is actually traded? Or was that your big victory lap, just that we don't want him anymore? Need, need to wait on that answer in the chat. And the, the long-awaited number one coming up here, Casey, I hope, this one seems obvious. I hope this person is in the chat right I, now. I don't know that they are, but they will know. They will know. Yeah, I think, I think they thought they weren't going to be on the list at all. But This well, one seems obvious. Well, he didn't think that because he gave – what a bad day to come up short. I know. For this guy. This guy had a bad day today, but I'll tell you what, when, you, when you're 99% great, you can have 1% bad. I mean, this, this kid – we're not going to say the name yet. can't leak that out. He's been here every day. He's been here since day one. He's been here every day this summer. 
in the chat, breaking news, everything you could ask for out of the lead chat member. And number one is the king of the Chatterbox Sports chat, <laughs> Sir Boy Wonder 513 with that beautiful picture of our normal host, Tom Brenneman, there on the left. This seemed like the obvious choice, fellas. Am I right? Oh, 100%. This was, was no the obvious choice. There was no other way to go than Sir Boy Wonder 513. There when was I, no other way. When I go. made my announcement to Chatterbox, I was welcomed with several tweets of, of, of comfort. Paul gave me one. Casey gave me one. Reed gave me one. There was this guy named Sir Boy who tweeted it. And I said, you know what? This guy has to work there. I think he's going to maybe be one of my good friends there. Turns out he didn't work it. He's just the greatest champion of this company that there has ever been. I love Sir Boy. Sir Boy's my guy. Even though he gave a wrong name today with the, with the grid, that's okay. Sir Boy's still our guy. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with Sir Boy. Pawnee Water Patron. Pawnee Water Patron. I, nobody is more deserving of this, of this number one spot by Jacob than Sir Boy Wonder. Sir Boy, keep doing what you're doing, brother. I mean, again, I've, I've told this story twice on the air now. I'll tell it a third time. Back in late October, early November of last year, We'd get off the show and Reed and Casey and I would just look at each other and say, eventually we're going to have a lot of Sir Boy Wonders around here. Eventually there's going to be a lot of Sir Boy Wonders in the chat. And now there are. Now there are a million Sir Boy Wonders in the chat, but there is none that is the original, and that is Sir Boy Wonder 513. So thank you, Sir Boy. It's the summer of Sir Boy. It is the summer of Sir Boy. It is the summer of Sir Boy. Do we want to get in the vault or are we going straight to the Wheel of Lunch? Uh, I think think for, for in the vault, presented by Bedford Sportsbook today, we're all on the same page except for Reed because he's irrelevant. We all take whoa, Reds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Reds. My, my Reds, lock of a century hit. Reds. Reds money line. Are we gonna do the graphic? Plus two oh five. I think it is. The last time I checked, it might be different. Plus two oh five on Bedford Sportsbook. Reds money line to beat the Dodgers. Are you, guys, are you guys you guys ready for this one? Reed's going to love this. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yesterday, I parlayed every MLB game. Hit it? I missed one. No. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't the Angels I the missed, sweep, did you? No, I got the Angels sweep. I had the White Sox over the Guardians. I know. It was tough last night. Looking Stones throw away from generational wealth. Just brutal. There's like it was, games. <laughs> it was six, six games. I went five and one. Brutal. It was like plus 1,500 or something. All right, and today's, by the way, Wheel of Lunch is a special Wheel of Lunch. It's only Jacob's choices. Jacob is going to put every choice on the board, some of our favorite spots in his time here. I thought I nixed this pre-show. Yeah, we did, but then I'm bringing it right back before you could say anything. (laughs) So here we go. Wheel of Lunch, Jacob's last lunch. Reed, I think this needs to be a Hamilton-specific wheel. Oh, no. I think there's no chains. No chains. No chains. Nothing we go to all the time. I was going to throw one chain in there. What is it? Texas Roadhouse. I'm down. Oh, okay. Gino's on there. Yeah. Billy Yanks. Billy Yanks. I Avenue. Billy Yanks, the Avenue. I want Sonic on there, Jacob. Will you do it? I with think me? it needs to be on there. I, thank you, Jacob. Jacob's you know what else should be on there? Just for Paul, because I know he wants it so bad. Panda? Wingstop. Wingstop, yeah. All right, this is Jacob's rule. <laughs> yeah, Wingstop. Wingstop. Let's just go three slices. Panda, Wingstop, Jocko's. You got a Gina's? Gina's will be on there. Gina's will be on there. Gina's, Roadhouse, Yanks, Avenue. What else am I missing? Wingstop and Sonic. Sonic. Sir Boy Wonder with a $5 super chat. Actually, $4.99 super chat. Jacob, leader of men, by the hype. Trade India. Ellie is God. Have a great year, Jacob. We will miss you. One Honda. Go Bucks. Happy trails, my friend. (laughs) I appreciate it, Sir Boy Wonder. 
Is there anything else in here that I'm missing? Yeah, put the trampoline park and Jeff Ruby's, and that's it. <laughs> trampoline park and Jeff Ruby's. If we if it, if, it's, if we get to go to the trampoline park on my last day, I'll be over the moon. Could you imagine the content we'll make out of that? I mean, I've been waiting to bounce on those those tramps Eileen. Why, for do you, so why long. would you guys <laughs> want to go to Ruby's when we can go to Texas Roadhouse? Yeah, that's a good question. All summer we've been trying for that trampoline spot. I know. Here we go. Ruby, see ya. <laughs> Smell you, you know what? Smell it makes later. sense. We would have got Darn. that Jordan cake for $4,000. That's right. It, it makes sense. That's a good one to eliminate first. It's not that expensive. Mark Fetter's no, worth a $2 super chat. Good luck, Jacob. What are you talking about? A steak, 70 bucks. Yes. Mark, you're the best. I love you. Who's, who's out there? Sonic? Sonic. All right. Again, it makes sense. The wheel's doing Jacob a favor here. The wheel has been I mean, I'm, very I'm really loop rooting for Adrenaline Trampoline Park, boys. Avenue. See ya, Avenue. Avenue, okay. We, we did, do, we did make, just do that the other day. Not going to pass the St. Anne's. It makes uh, sense. Catholic Festival, Church Festival. We should have put Church Festival on the wheel. What a miss by the festival. No! no! I mean, that's a shame. Trampoline Darn. Park. I'll say, I'll say this right now, guys. The wheel, I think this is the most honest the wheel's ever been with this. It's picking good picks to this eliminate. A, this, is a good, this is a good wheel. Come on. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no, no Billy Yanks. No Billy Yanks. We got, we're, we're, <sighs> I mean, wouldn't it just be special if it landed on the thing that started all this? Yeah, it would. Let's go. Let's do Gina's, guys. Come on. All right. Yeah, see you, Wingstop. All right. Wing so all right good. good. We got a really good lunch the coming wheel. up. These are both we have an elite lunch options. coming up. Elite lunch here. I will eat more rolls than any of I think, Guys, I think we might go crazy here if Gina's wins. Do we go to I, both? <laughs> we just yeah. go to both. Yeah, yeah, we do. I might jump up in my chair and just scream. Enjoy. If Gina's wins. Let's Gina's go, Gina's. Come on, Let's Gina's. Go, Gina's. Come, Come on, Gina's. Gina. Come on. Texas. Go. Texas. Go. Uh, uh, Move. Texas. It's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. We're gonna stay. We're gonna Let's steak. go get ourselves We're a steak. steak. Woo! I All right. Wait, I thought this place wasn't open. No, on Fridays it is. Fridays like I said, for lunch. Hamiltonians only, no chains, Texas Roadhouse. Perfect. All right, Hamiltonians only. If you don't know this about Texas Roadhouse, every Texas Roadhouse puts murals up of local, local athletes, local celebrities, and stuff like that. There are two Hamiltonian or two people on the Hamilton Texas Roadhouse murals. Can you name them? Nuxall. Joe Nuxall's one. The other one is not from James Franco. Hamilton oh. played college. Sports close to here. Does it start with a W? He does start with yeah, a W. Yeah, all right. He played play basketball for Miami. College he basketball. He's, he's from Stop. Spain. Wally Serbia. There he Wally is. Wally oh, is the other. Not James Franco. There's also, oh. a giant, there's also a giant mural for the Big Red Machine playing poker. That's good. That's good, good stuff. stuff. That's uh, good stuff. All right. Well, wait. Before you close, they want a monologue. They want a closing monologue. If we can get a tight shot on Jacob here, he's yep. going to give a closing monologue to Chatterbox Sports. Until next summer when he's back. Closing monologue. I'm not going to do anything crazy here, but uh, genuine thank you to everyone in the chat, everyone in this room that's given me an opportunity to talk about Cincinnati sports for this whole summer. It's everything I've ever wanted to do, and you guys have given me a platform to do it. And I'm super grateful that everyone, 113 of you, stuck around for two questionable hours of television today with me in the host chair, and I'm thankful for that. Thank you to everyone that stuck around. Chatterbox, some special guys here, some special stuff going on. Big things in the future. It's been a pleasure.